I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. I'm Ryan Boland. And we love to watch. We love to watch says, Who the hell do you think you are? I'm goo. Goo, goo the hell I'm do goo. you think I'm you goo. are? Yeah, we all, we're all goo. Yeah, we're all goo. In the end, we we're all a, goo. We just have a thin, absolute terror field? Yeah. Hey, you're lore dropping. Look at this. This guy's lore dropping. Now, I know. Now say I, Tang. I mean, they really, they said AT field so much, and I'm like, is this like anything? <laughs> like, in the first episode, there's a lot of like, he's generating an AT field. I'm like, I don't yeah. Well, this is, I'm assuming it's like, you know, when they say stuff on Star Trek and they're like, blah, 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 tachyon burst. And you're just like, I don't need to know this. I did need to know what AT field. A- AT fields are the whole game. That's the whole the game's thing. AT fields. That's the hardest thing about anime is being like, did you just put gobbledygook in here or is this actually something I need to remember? I, or is it a bad translation? I like that it's like AT field. Oh, that actually stands for something. Then they're like LCL fluid and that's stuff. They're like, well, just shut up. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. It's LCL. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. But we're so uh, what, what are we, we love to watch? We're yeah, movie podcast. We pick a theme. We do movies over the course uh, of a month around the theme. If we remember, we compare and contrast. We're actually not doing much comparing and contrasting. We're instead talking about a whole other medium as we go through this month because we bit off the what turned into something of a Herculean task of uh, doing a month where we watch movies. Uh, we we've jokingly called it uh, the small gets big. <laughs> Um, I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it did. Uh, the the little gets bigger. Uh, where we are covering uh, not remakes of TV shows or that go to the big screen or movie remakes of TV shows, but TV shows that continue their story in movie form. Sometimes as a cap to the series. Sometimes as we've seen as a as a break before they head right back to the small screen. So. Uh, we, we kicked off the month with Transformers, uh, which the 1986 movie takes place in between the second and third season. Uh, we've uh, And now we're moving on to Neon Genesis Evangelion and the movie End of Evangelion. We'll probably talk a little bit about how much the movies are uh, convoluted, like what am I supposed to watch here if I want to watch the series and then the end movie. Peter and Ryan helped me through that because – this was the one where, Peter, we almost did like a Don't You Dare on the series at one point. We just kind of ran out of time from a recording because I, Neon Genesis Evangelion, 
I had actually seen like the first episode in like 1996 or seven, like a long, uh, a long time ago. First couple episodes, maybe. And uh, by a friend of mine who was the uh, same friend who I talked about both in the techno episode and Transformers episode. So uh, definitely a cool. We were cool people. Uh, and uh, he was like importing these like VHS sets from from Japan. Um, and he was showing them to me and we watched a couple episodes and I wasn't too into it at the time. And then when it came on Netflix and obviously he had like 20 more years of people going, holy shit, this rules. Uh, I gave it a chance. I watched the first couple episodes and just was like, oh, that was good. I'll, I'll circle back. But you and Ryan specifically, as we started talking more about, uh, reading comics and manga and anime were like, yeah, Cowboy Bebop's good. Yeah. Demon Slayer's good. Like, you know, NGE is kind of the, the goat. And so... Uh, we we as we were putting together this month, this was an obvious obvious fit. Uh, we are joined by Ryan Bolin, who at this point I'm not going to call a guest. He's just a recurring uh, recurring character on the show. <laughs> I'm uh, just here sometimes in the corner. Yeah, you're promoted from guest. We don't need to do a full. Ryan's here, sometime partial host hmm. of of We Love to Watch with us. Uh, and yeah, but you guys have we we'll, we'll, we have a lot to talk about, so we can get into it. You guys have were were pretty pretty. I think when you, I think at one point you guys like seven, eight months ago, like sent me a list of like, here's like the three or four that I would call the best. And both of you had this one, uh, this one at the top. If I wanted to get into an anime show that holds up really well. And, uh, even if I wanted to like watch late in the night where, uh, I could watch an American dub and not be, not feel like I'm losing too much that this was kind of your number, both of your number ones is like, oh, we unreservedly or recommend this. Yeah, absolutely. And I th- we're both kind of recent fans to it, and I feel like that's probably good to qualify, oh, okay. because we're going to make mistakes, notably me, because I'm going to be doing a lot of talking tonight through the plot mechanics. We're going to make a mistake. Some of that is uh, owed to us being new fans, but a large percentage of that is owed to how interpretive and surrealistic the last uh, couple episodes of the show and um, the entire end of Evangelion movie are um, how they they uh, abhor the literal after a certain point, um, and the 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 final episode twenty six literally says like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here, um, but uh, yeah, we're not going to worry about that. It would just take too long, so we're just going to focus on just Shinji for the last episode. Is that cool? Anyways, <laughs> and then it just completely gives up on anything literal for the last half hour of its run. So. Um, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I did not realize that you guys were recent fans. I was going to say, Peter, did you were you able to watch it before it came to Netflix, or did you just watch it yeah. right once it got to Netflix? I thought I thought for I some reason you watched it, it like very recently before it came to Netflix. Then you're like, well, great. I I went through some extra effort to get my hands on some like uh, you know files to be able to watch it, and I, then it was like it's coming to Netflix. <laughs> Former guest of the show, uh, former co-host of Pod's Not Dead, um, (laughs) recommended the series to me and Serial Experiments Lane and Revolutionary Girl Utina and a bunch of other anime. Um, But this is the one that she was like, absolutely, you're going to love this shit. I had just just finished uh, watching The Leftovers in 2018 and I was like, I want something else that um, (laughs) captures that sense of... Like the 
the personal apocalypse. I'm not done like being bummed apocalypse. out quite yet. I'd like a cartoon <laughs> to bum me out. Yeah, I needed a transition depression show. I wasn't ready to go back to office reruns. I needed something. something to... yeah. and you're, so like, I, you're like, was... That, was, that was sad, but I'd like something that uh, makes me sad and feel guilty to be horny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I wanted something to just capture a new low for me and make me feel even more disgusting. Um, and then uh, uh, she recommended... Neon Genesis Evangelion, and uh, the theme that the thing that really attracted me to it is is this idea of the personal apocalypse being blown up to a sort of like global apocalypse, and that people's uh, yeah. internal sense of, um, of of loss and loneliness uh, actually is almost extrapolated out uh, on their world um, because their worldview is is so negative, and they're both shows about trying to connect with people, particularly in a post apocalyptic situation. So then I ate it up in like 2018, and then it came to Netflix last year, 2020, right? Um, uh, yeah, I think it was 2020. I, I, I feel yeah. like it was 2020 only no. because there was a lot of like, well, there's a fucking pandemic, but at least Neon Genesis Evangelion was easy to watch. No, I think it was uh, 2019 only because oh, maybe. of where I watched it. I originally watched it in an old apartment. Yeah, so it came uh, to Netflix June 2019. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, I saw it. I saw it a little bit before it came to Netflix. I got to see it with the. I watched a little bit with, of it with the original dub, and then I went, "This is horrible." Um, and I switched to subs, and I fell in love with it. And that's going to be another thing is that like no matter what I say tonight, someone listening is going to hate me. And just understand that it's it's not that you're wrong; it's that I'm right. Um, and and also, I don't care. And I like, don't care. Very um, importantly, but, we do. But not I, I think it's care. important to talk about the Netflix changes really quickly because that's how most I do want to recommend the series with all the caveats I'm going to I'm going to discuss. And um, the Netflix changes are really important to get out of the way because I I've seen anime nerds be like, you know what? If you can't, if you have to watch it on Netflix, don't even bother at all. And what I say to them is that uh, you're nuts. Um, the Netflix changes, some of them are. Very unfortunate. Like, for instance, every episode, they had to cut Fly Me to the Moon out, um, which was uh, kind of a sadness, particularly for certain episodes involving uh, Kaoru. Um, but uh, ultimately, it's not that big of a deal. Um, it's sad that they couldn't license it. It's kind of funny that they could license a version of it for a different uh, Asian language cover of it for Squid Games. Um so I, I don't know exactly how that works. It's not. Yeah, I, le I legitimately do not know what you're talking about. I heard that. Uh, so, so this again was something where I actually liked watching it after Peter had already watched it because he did for me what essentially we're going to do for you, where it's like, oh, we're talking about all these things. What I learned after that, Peter, was this time around, I looked into it a little bit more. Apparently, it's not only was the credit sequence uh, to Fly Me to the Moon, but there were a bunch of different versions so there were like 31, I think I think it ended up being, that can't make sense because of how many episodes. I swear it said that there were 31 different versions of Fly Me to the Moon used yeah. in the credits. So I'm assuming that the licensing gets messed up when it turns into that. It's not just the same yes. song over and over again. It's a different version. So different the little, the little like sad, like, bonum, like couple piano notes before it played next episode, there was actually like an ending. Yeah. And it, it's, that's one thing that I agree with the fans. It sucks that Netflix couldn't figure out the licensing for that. 
cop copyright licenses for music it's just it's like different in yeah. japan it's also why mother the mother games or mother three i should say uh can't really come here is because most of the songs are kind of ripoffs of american rock songs um it's just music licensing works differently in Japan than it works in America, and I, I can understand why Netflix... Well, music licensing here is a nightmare. How many shows were they like, oh yeah, streaming wasn't a thing, so I guess no one can watch Freaks and Geeks for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a big deal with Wonder Years, and now yeah. they have a okay cover of Joe Cocker's uh, with a little help from my friends. I think Scrubs okay. got hit with a couple too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Scrubs, and uh, one of... Yeah, there was, there was a few... Uh, uh, I know the one that was really tough was The State. Because the state had access uh. to MTV licenses, and so a lot of their ske- sketches were, like, built around, like, we're going to play Smashing Pumpkins today or something like that. And, like, um, I had the DVD set or, borrow- or borrowed the DVD set maybe, and that – it just kind of sucked that it was, like – the sketches were still good, but it's, like, some weird, you know, elevator music version of Smashing Pumpkins, which doesn't quite <laughs> work. <laughs> That's something I would agree on is a, a full loss. And like, I have very little, I have very little interest today in defending a major corporation that also is extremely uh, stingy um, in very, uh, very short sighted ways. Um, however, some of the other complaints, I just, just do not resonate with me once you, you do even like a modicum of research. So like one of them is that they commissioned a new dub I, this is not, I'm not speaking as an anime purist. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Why are you complaining about a dub? I don't, I don't care. Just don't, don't listen don't to the dub. The original, the original dub is terrible anyways. Why are you listening to dubs in the first place for a show? Like, like Evangelion. I get it for Cowboy Bebop and Akira where like the English dubs were commissioned by the same people at the same time. But like the dubs are bad in this, in this case. This isn't an, this is not a Cowboy Bebop situation. I'm sorry. So I, I, I literally say, almost so, stopped watching the show because I thought the dubs were so bad when I watched so, them originally. So interesting. So I um, now I wa- I probably watched the original dubs like back in 1997 when I watched it, just because they they were VHS tapes. So I think they were just dubbed versions. So for this That's one, typical. Peter, you know, knowing that I had 26 episodes to watch and also like I have to be in an alert mood for subtitles, and a lot of time that's not like. And hey, I want to knock out three episodes. I, I looked online and I saw like, hey, the Netflix dub is actually pretty good like oh. for this. I, I, so I, I, I haven't listened to the Netflix dub at all. I can't do so, a comparison on that front. Well, and you'd probably, hey, I get it. Like you, you've now seen the whole thing. But like, you know, besides just there, there's always like some some specific types of like, I don't even know if it's so much the dub. It's more the English translation of like what I have to assume are Japanese phrases literalized that like. Mm-hmm that don't sound right being delivered and maybe they work better even if even if those exact phrases are like written out so i think you know the actors sometimes struggle with some of those like uh you know uh, i would say like immediate frustration or embarrassed like phrases don't quite work but i watch i watched i not you know i when I watch it again and have a little more leisurely pace and don't need to be like, I got to get through the episodes. I can't just be like, I'm too tired to read tonight. Uh, I'll probably watch uh, the subtitles, but I did not mind the dubs. Of course, okay. anyone who watched them as subs would probably tell you that I, I was wrong and they would hate it if they watched it. And they're probably right. They they probably would hate it. Uh, I don't mind dubs for animation as long as the 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 voice stuff is done like i've seen the ghibli stuff probably every movie both ways animation's already dubbed 
So, you know, yeah. as long as you get good yeah. good voice actors, uh, it's fine. I'm, I'm not a purist on this at all. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not a purist at all. And I, and I think the original voice cast is, phen- the original Japanese voice cast is phenomenal. Like I am I, curious though, like, so there was a couple voices that I was pretty sure was named actors and I didn't realize it was a Netflix dub. I just thought it was the dub. Like I was positive that Shinji's dad was Rain Wilson. And now I need to find Ooh, out. Now I'm curious. Yeah, I, I will say that I thought it was interesting that uh, one. Uh, that's my biggest thing is I I already feel like this is a show that's so jam packed with precise wording and inflection, etc. That even just in subtitles, enough is lost. Like even when I was just like reading about stuff, they're like, well, you know, in Japanese, the phrase is this, which actually also can can mean this, and like that, like all that kind of stuff is already lost. And so I feel like dub, like you said, some of it will be idioms or turns of phrase or whatever. The most curious thing that I read about was apparently the they redub the actual uh, Eva going berserk. So the berserk mode has a different. So I like Googled it and it does. It has almost like a, I don't know, computer power, not power up, but like it's got a more of an electronic like warm up versus the. The just the normal audio is kind of more of like a scream. I kind of like. I, it's, I, a, it's a it's an animalistic person scream. Yeah, I mean it's four octaves lower than a person could yell, but like it'd be like if if like Tom Waits and a, and a lion like you yeah like combine like them into one but animal. See, but see, that seems to describe what I heard. Yeah, it's definitely close. Okay. It's just that was one of the more interesting ones where I'm like, I don't really understand why you'd have to redo that. That that is a that's not words. That's a yeah. that's a noise. I was just like, it was more curious than anything else. Th- that is curious, and I and, and so like my point here is not to shit on anybody that like likes like loves the dubs or, or or a specific dub here. It's more the fact that they do these these movies are. There was a DVD in like 2002, which was out of print for a period of time, which I, I respect. Like, you know, a lot of people don't want to go to piracy, which is what I ended up uh, secondhand going to. Um, and, but now, and it was announced pretty quickly after, like, and now there are like Blu-rays coming out that are, uh, that have the original, the original dub, the original subs. And there was also changes to the subs that the fans didn't like. And this is the one that I think... There's a little bit of nuance on, but it also doesn't bother me. So the sub thing, basically, it, it, the original a reputable sub subtitle house, a reputable translation house, was used to um, retranslate the original original series. Netflix wanted to take this seriously and spent money to get uh, the original the original subtitles done. This was not a hack job done by like you know the cheapest party possible. Um, and in interviews, and people that actually speak Japanese are like, yeah, I can totally see why they translated it this way. But when you're used to your original subtitle DVDs from like 2002 or so, because I think that's when yeah. it came to America in like a full, like official form. I can see why it'd be heartbreaking, particularly for Kaoru, um, to be like, oh, they changed the line for this very intimate moment. Um, they changed that line to, to something else i can see particularly for the lgbt audience uh particularly uh gay people who saw themselves in the or just just 
anybody that saw themselves in um, the Kaoru Shinji thing, whether you saw yourself as Kaoru or you saw yourself as Shinji or something in between, the idea that, that these <clears throat> two young men have formed some sort of like hopeful relationship of like love and admiration. And Kaoru, instead of saying, I love you, like in the original subtitles, he says, I like you to Shinji. I can see why that would feel like it was uh, perhaps um, straight washing, but it's not. It's really going back to the original Japanese where people don't really use I love you the way that we do in America. Like that sort of that that sort of phrase. Um, Kaoru saying that means I means I love you. And the entire subtext of the episode, them basically sharing a bed, long, wistful glances, touching hands in the shower, like the subtext is all there in the imagery still. Like, yeah, again, I'm, I'm speaking from someone who's just seen the Netflix version, but I would have not known that like the and well, so all the subtext was very there for me like i wasn't like oh good he said i like you so now now i know you now i know <laughs> they're just, just bros friends. like I, yeah i'm not trying to say like you don't have a right to be upset about that no no, no feel it feels like a change to you i'm just saying like just my perspective as someone who's watching for the first time without any of this information what you just described as uh the way that people interpreted it was a hundred percent the way that i interpreted it i yeah i definitely see like it especially because you know it's it's the first real time that Shinji gets like uh, emotional support and just general whatever. So like it makes sense. True love. But like, without strings. But then the other. Yeah. Without weird. Without like. Because every, every other of his like. Should I like a girl interaction is like depressing and difficult and like oh yeah he, or, or even he doesn't know why he's not doing the yeah he's not he doesn't know why he, he's not reacting the way that quote unquote society does and then it's like. You know, super easy to have this kind of relationship with um, uh, the last angel, or even like Masato when she's comforting him. They make it pretty clear where it's like she's like, "Well, I'm trying to comfort myself." She's like, "Oh, I'm looking yeah. for." But but the other interesting thing that um, uh, I'm forgetting his name, Anno, he he said was apparently the hand holding scene. And granted, I again, this is one of those things where it's so funny. Where it's like the more I was reading about it, it's just hilarious how it's like. Here's what people think. Here are prevailing theories. Here's what he had to say. Uh, it's still just a big giant argument. Um, Anna said that he apparently didn't realize that like the shot of them touching hands went on for so long. Um, and it was just supposed to be a hand touch because it mirrors a different hand touch, I think, with Masato. It might have been with somebody else earlier. But then instead, it, it holds on so it's a longer hand hold. But even like... Like you said, even going from I like you to I love you, even cutting out a hand touch to a hand hold, whatever. I think all of the same themes, all the same feelings, all those things are still there. It's just you're like, okay, it's just might not have come on as thick. Yeah. And, and they do they do ruin one of the best lines in End of Evangelion, which is right after Shinji does something despicable when he jacks off. Um, he... Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, jacking off in general is despicable. If you've done that, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> here's the here's the thing: if you sinning of the carnal variety, do not have sex in a way that can make a baby every time. It's a sin in the eyes of of God. Yeah, yeah, it would be better to put your seed in that of a sex worker. Uh, updating the language of the Bible a little bit. 
um, than it would be to, to spill, uh, spill your seed on the ground. Yeah. On the ground. And chucking yeah. your Dannon on some dirt. Now I understand <laughs> that you tannin. may. I, I understand that you may like jerk off and like not you know, not, not catch not, it all. <laughs> no, will not have a place for it at the time. And so, like, it is according to the Bible that, as I understand it, it is okay to save your seed and like make sure you put it all away. And then, like, the next time airtight container, refrigerate it. Yeah. Yeah, next time you're having sex with someone, you'd be like, hey, I know I just came in you. I also have these jars I need to get rid of. <laughs> to be okay with Jesus Christ. I've got some leftovers. Religious. Yeah. Oh, be wait, consensual. Be, be upfront and consensual. <laughs> but just let them know you've got some, some jars of seed. Um, but yeah, so there's a moment when Shinji jacks off in End of Evangelion, uh, and he... Opens the in, movie. Yeah. He, he, what great, he say great welcome. He like, say hey, your characters are back. It really sets the tone. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what does he What does he say in the end of Evangelion? Uh, in the the, the Netflix one. Uh, like... I don't know. I think I think he was just happy that the characters finally had nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say I like that in the end of Evangelion. They're just like nipples are back in. We got. Nipples are, I mean, yeah. How could he have not jerked off? He's seen nipples for the first time. <laughs> He's seen nipples for the first time. It's very distracting. Yeah. Um, we'll get to all of the fucked up Shinji stuff in the in the movie. Um, but he he says something like this is. He's like I, he's like. Uh, I'm He's like I'm absolute lowest. Yeah. Oh something yes, like he does. He's like and, I'm the lowest and, of the low or something like that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, meme, I'm disgusting, but yeah. And the meme and the version that I saw, uh, when the original translation was "I'm so fucked up," which is a phrase that's like you know it's it's distinctly American, um, yep. and it's you know it is a translation. But it's not really like as literal a translation. Obviously, like you know, translations it's it's like a full. It is an art in and of itself. Sometimes you want to completely adapt it for a different language. Sometimes it's like, well, you translate it into English, but that might not make sense to like somebody who's like English as a second language at all, or that might not sense make sense to somebody who speaks English, but they're from you know parts of Europe that speak English. Um, so yeah, like that's a moment that's like, yeah, I'm so fucked up. Hits harder for me personally, but like. I'm the lowest of the low translates the intent of the the yeah. intent of the original language a little bit closer. Plus, he's he's jerking off to his comatose friend. You can assume you can infer he's fucked up. He doesn't need to say. Yeah, that. I, yeah. I, I would say lowest low obviously is, is better, but like I I think that it's neat. It's necessary, especially because we've seen this character for 26 episodes just fucking it's, hate himself yeah. and and pretty much exclusively get shit on. And whatever, like, it just is a deeply depressed whatever. And so it's like, just to be like, I'm fucked up. You're like, yeah, buddy, we're very aware. We we know. But like, he's like, if he's like, this is my lowest I, point. You're like, okay, yeah, that's yeah, fair. That's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I would like to propose a third one where afterwards he just looks at it and goes, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Mondays. I was about to say, Monday, 8 a.m. Or are you getting stuff done? <laughs> You could really use a big plate of lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even invade my planet seeking Lilith beneath the earth until I've had my coffee. <laughs> I thought that was Adam beneath the earth. Oh, I, I like the series also thinks it's Adam and then it's just like, oh, wait, shit, this was Lilith the whole time. 
I like in that scene that it, it gives you a shot of the door and it says locked clearly. Like, he's not a psychopath, okay? <laughs> yeah, he locked I don't want door. someone to walk in on this. I still have shame. I'm not some sort of pervert. I'm a very particular kind of pervert. God. Yeah. But yeah, so the that's another thing we needed to talk about at, at just as a preamble. Like, the, the lore self-contradicts itself. And ultimately, the goal here tonight is to... Um, serve the emotional story of 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 end of Evangelion. I cannot possibly in two ish hours serve a entire condensed version of the lore. And also, a lot of people that like the show think the lore is stupid. I'm going to use as much of the lore as I can to get to what the emotional and the filmic purposes of the the movie are. Um, but if I say like, uh. <laughs> If I really get into, I don't, I don't know, like, uh, dummy plugs and how their function works against Ray clones, like, just shoot me in the head. I, like, <laughs> we're going to be here for a fucking only, week, man. Look, I, I loved all this, but I think we can agree the only good scene is when it shows, uh, it, it moves away from animation, it shows the real world, and then Homer Simpson is walking around animated going, this is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's um, my, that my favorite. That's my favorite thing. Let's go. So, I, I am also, a, really quickly before we get into it. Uh, we're just going to be talking about the last two episodes of the show because you can, they're, they're a coin side of the, 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 the yin to the yang of the the movie the movie is sort of trying to address fan concerns and fan complaints and death threats that they received we'll get into all of that uh the we're going to be talking about those and we're going to be talking about end of evangelion we're not going to be talking about rebirth which is essentially a reboot some people argue it is a uh sequel because the seas are red and there's a red mark on the moon because that happens at the end of Evangelion. I've seen a fan theory that Ikari in the reboots is possibly Shinji from end of Evangelion. I really don't have any interest in in, in engaging in that. I haven't seen any of those yet, so don't don't spoil it. That's not spoiling. I've seen all of them and it's not spoiling anything. They're just bait. Consider them just remakes of the series that just goes out in a wildly different direction. I like that. That's what I've heard. I like that it's similar to the lore, though, where it's like all of those, the rebuilds, even beyond that, that kind of stuff is like oh it's it's a different universe. It's it's the same characters in a different universe or it's the same universe after or it's this and you're like that's a that's a pretty big i'm not sure that's the same thing with the lord well i mean that is that is well set up that is well set up by this right? oh yeah no kind of like yeah you can imagine a new life if you want the but the vagueness of even like the lore and stuff they touch on what they want to but that's one of those things where i think it is once it gets put under a microscope or people want to know every little bit then you're like sure it gets a little dumb or or or, you're like no the whole point is that you only get the bits of information and that's what makes it so intriguing and exactly. to note also, it's, it's, it's biggest, Dark Souls, right? Yeah, it's it, it works better as an emotional tale. And then if you want to come back and Dark Souls three it and try and make all these different disparate points on a map connect by forcing them to connect, it gets yeah. dumb. Um, yeah. The yeah. lore for the series. The funny thing is that the m- biggest lore dumps that you will find that are quote unquote canon are in a PS two video game adaptation of it. That was like that that Anno signed off on essentially oh that was uh, my that was my favorite was when i was just deep into like random wikipedia articles about it or or random other stuff it was like oh what was the phrase they used one was they were it was about lcl specifically 
but it was like uh, there was a fan theory where it stood for I can't even remember what specifically, but then it was like, well, oh, link, link, connect liquid. But then it's like it it was a fan theory that then got put into like a card game <laughs> in 2005. <laughs> so they called it like fourth tier lore or something like that. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And they're like, well, Anna said that one of the L's stands for Lilith. And that's all we know. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm looking at a PS2 game or a card game based on the, this. And they're like, oh, oh, we got a little more information. I'm like, I don't, I don't care that Guys, much. Like, look, I, this is worthy when you're talking about like the Bible canon and you're talking about various books that are allowed to be canonical and, and, and which Vatican council accepted which books like that's worthy. This is, while is perhaps it? the most influential anime of the past 30 years, like almost almost undoubtedly the most influential anime of the past 30 years, uh, absolutely the fuck not. Like, just <laughs> fucking watch the look, show. Look, look, and If the lore look. matters, it doesn't. If the lore matters, it matters. I don't fucking if care. If you want to understand it, you have to play the 2DS Kingdom Hearts <laughs> games. God. It's just how it works. Like, I know you wouldn't think they were connected, but it's that one card game that no one likes. You want to understand what's going on in Kingdom Hearts three? You got to play it and Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think that this is a series that works because the lore is always there to prop up the emotional messaging, and it's always coming back to a specific theme. And the specific theme is um, your creation, your birth, and your rebirth. So your creation is your mother figure. Perhaps uh, a little misogynistic or basic, the show uses mother figures as, like, the person that created you and gave you a purpose. Uh, Lilith uh, in this series is a uh, mother figure who created all living things on Earth. Um, uh, Shinji's mother, who died while performing an experiment and was joined with his uh, Evangelion unit, and her soul was trapped inside the Evangelion unit. That is another symbol of motherhood. We find out later that the LCL liquid that fills the plugs is um, Lilith's blood. And it sort of performs like an amniotic liquid function where like it, it, once you start breathing it in, you can breathe again and move a little bit more freely and you're kind of protected inside this fluid. Um, and more womb so imagery right there. There you go. Super womby. 100% womby. And then the next one, and, and also uh, As Asuka's um uh, <laughs> Instead of timey wimey of Dark Souls, woomy. this is like woomy doomy. Woomy doomy. From the woomy to the toomy. <laughs> um and asuka part of asuka's mother's soul is trapped in her unit like this Ugh. series is very much about birth what were you created for <laughs> what makes you what makes you what makes you uh, you important i just like uh, and, then, and then uh the next part this is new is, information for me i thought that uh unit one was like specific i'm i just got around to accepting that his mom was in the suit now <laughs> now other people's moms are in suits everyone's Peter. mom is in some sort of suit okay and your your mom's Evangelion is gonna take you to an abortion rally and hold a really big sign. It's just the biggest sign. Hey, Aaron, you remember Toji? People say that his mom was was in his too. God damn it! <laughs> How did they make that happen? Is that why he didn't like his mom? That Toji dies almost, or the his Eva dies almost immediately. Um, there's a connection right to your mom, whatever. And then, um, <laughs> and then rebirth is you rejecting your mother figure, your original purpose and, um, uh, re rebirthing yourself and giving yourself a purpose. new purpose. 
this is this, this is like this is like why they keep using the term rebirth. There's a movie that's sort of an interquel that is um, we're not going to talk about like other than this moment, which is called Death and Rebirth. You absolutely do not need to watch it, but it's sort of recapping the show, and then it's giving you parts of End of Evangelion, but it's called Death and Rebirth. The they, they now have only released it. It's on Netflix, so the Rebirth stuff they got rid of because they did that. <clears throat> but now it's just called Death tr- True? like True Death? Yeah. Something. Yeah, where, where it just is basically a 60-minute recap of the series as opposed to the Death and Rebirth, which was an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think at that point, like, you might as well just watch the series and then watch end of, end of Evangelion. Yeah, which is the recommendation from like everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, they keep using the term rebirth there. They use rebirth for the reboot series. And what rebirth is, is um, just a thematic like whole that I'm going to keep coming back to this whole episode is rebirth is you rejecting your original purpose and re uh, making yourself reborn um, to, uh, a better version of you you can get rid of the sins of the mother sins of the father and become uh, the person you were always meant to be um and most of the people on the show are very fucked up by their parents so uh that is yeah. that is the considered the optimal path forward so yeah really quick i think what makes sense is i want to talk about a couple quick things from just the experience of watching the show i don't want to dive deep at all i say that we talk about the final two episodes of the show mm-hmm. uh, and then we do a musical break musical break and we do uh, kind of our full take on End of Evangelion. Um, I will say, so this this episode is not going to make any goddamn sense if, as someone who five months ago had not seen the show, I'm telling you probably already you are just lost by what we're talking about. References. Our jokes probably don't make sense. If you just like hearing <laughs> us talk and like just we're a comforting voice for you, uh, I'd recommend keep listening. Otherwise, I would shut this off uh because i don't know what you're gonna get out of it and maybe go watch those things i will say so i suggest whittling yeah definitely whittling's whittling's always on the table i i really like it's only 26 episodes it is on netflix all the things i said about like uh the the song that i've never heard not being on it or the dub you know i i think it is a pretty fantastic show all the way through like Again, I, I am haven't been in no way in concert with any of the criticism or thoughts or anything just because I've been disconnected because it's a show that I always kind of was like, oh, I should probably check that out at some point. So anytime anyone wrote anything about it, um, I ignored it and I just watched the movie two days ago. So I've had no almost no time to even dive deep into any of this stuff. So just just based on like someone who is not who's been untouched by the discourse uh, I would tell you that the the show is absolutely worth watching. I actually loved the two episode ending that we're going to get to in a second. Here, here's my here's a couple things I would say if you're about to stop here and go watch 26 episodes in a movie and then come back to this podcast episode. Uh, the first 13 episodes are not bad. They're actually like very visually impressive. They're a lot of fun. Uh, actually, I would maybe even say the first 16. The sense of kind of where it's going besides Mac's weird aliens and like an undergoing government conspiracy really is like it's under the surface. And looking back, um, I can see some of the seeds, but um, kind of what show it becomes for the last eight or nine episodes is where it begot kind of like, you know, I probably spent three months with a pause for Spooktober, three or four months watching the first 16 episodes and getting a couple episodes in and being like, okay. Well, on to something else for the evening. And then by the last nine episodes, I was like uh, watching them 
in very quick succession because it does become a lot more compelling and changes a little bit what's going on. And, you know, it 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 does the great thing. If you're making a 26 episode series, you're setting up a lot of pieces and then spending the back third kind of uh, taking all those those pieces to to different different areas and levels. The other thing, the one big caveat that was like a consistent frustration throughout the show and the movie, which we already kind of alluded to, uh, is that the sexual component of this show is like uh, persistent and I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just gonna like it's deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's uncomfortable or troubling. I wouldn't necessarily say problematic because, like, mm. apart from early episodes where they make a lot of like <clears throat> sexual discomfort out to be a joke. By the time you're getting to the last two episodes, the last three or four episodes, and end end of Evangelion, you're no longer like you've you've detached yourself from from considering Shinji like. The sort of hero that everything he does you you endorse his actions you you've accepted that shinji is going to do fucked up things or uh have fucked up worldviews towards women i would say the problematic elements more end up for me more end up being uh on the misato level mm-hmm. yes yeah and um, that's pers- that's what i mean like the the misato like through the end like her like dying words in the movie is like hey maybe we'll be able to fuck after this kiss like it's it's she, I mean she is ostensibly a thirty five year old and he's fifteen and it's um it's uh it's 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 uncomfortable and not from a um not from a sense of like I don't know what the commentary is on it besides just um here's an attractive old woman isn't that what every fifteen does she, it doesn't help she, it but she's twenty nine so it's totally cool it's just a twenty nine oh. and a fourteen year old right uh, yeah just totally oh. totally fine. Yeah, never mind. Um, I'm 30, so last year I was dating all sorts of I will, I will say that I, I definitely obviously remember Jerry that. Seinfeld approves. I, yeah. Hey! <laughs> I, I do remember that obviously being an element of the show. I kind of forgot how it's immediate. I mean, it's the first episode. He's got a, a picture from her where she's, like, bending over with cleavage. She's immediately, like, on top of him in the car. Like, there are various yeah. things where I'm like, oh, I forgot that it is immediate and nonstop. And I think Peter is going to jump with the same thing, but from what I gathered, it was since when she's with um, Kaji and they make references to their, like they stayed in bed for a whole week and, yeah. and after second impact, she didn't talk until she got to college and met like Rutsuko or whatever, whatever that specifically was. It turns into being like, she kind of, solves her problems of loneliness or shows her emotional connection through some sort of sensuality or sexual gestures, whatever, not that that makes it okay, but because she's becoming closer to Shinji, then all of a sudden that's the only way she knows how to express herself. Like it also yeah. in, the, in the, when she touches his hand and he kind of recoils and says like, go away. And then she goes and lays down next to the penguin. Like, Oh wait, I just did that because I wanted to do that. You're like, yeah, you're just, it's not because it's something he necessarily wants. He's like, holy shit, I'm trying to come to terms with being a teenage boy, puberty, and also uh, manning a giant fucking humanoid mech that is saving the world, but also killing things and uh, trying to earn the respect. And she's like, but what about chicks? And he's like, I don't, I don't care about. Yeah. I think what you're saying is there are like two and a half impact, which is when, um, 
uh, when Masato and Kaji fuck so hard. Mm-hmm. Then... <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I I mean I I think what you're saying is there. I, I part of that seems a little bit revisionist in that it's it it seems so like the type the same type of like attitudes like yeah but when a high school like when you know oh no it's super weird fucks his teacher that's pretty hot like it 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 feels a little bit too like male gaze titillating like at a um and aiming at the audience who you know the audience for this kind of show for uh, sure theoretically or probably especially in the 90s was like you know teenage boys like what if you had this hot 29 year old who kept like walking around the apartment naked wouldn't that be fucking hot um and like it, yeah Shin, shinji's not not reciprocating it at first but he you know and there's a there's a good arc from shinji's perspective i think with that i you know otherwise the the problem is like otherwise i really like uh Misato. Yeah. And she's a great character. But, uh, I do she's a great character. And then there's this weird thing that just like, again, feels like just something from, uh, you know, like the worst douche that you knew at yes. high school. Or I do, Blank uh, Check. The movie yeah. Blank Check. Yeah, or the movie Blank Check. That was well, even, at, least, at least Karen Duffy in Blank Check is like, yeah, this isn't cool. And she definitely lets it go on like a little I mean, bit she, too much. Yeah. But she's not like, oh, whoops, I walked around naked in your mansion. What? You never seen a naked woman before? You she little... kind she kind of hits him yeah. with like a sorry, we're talking blank check now. She kind of hits him with like a call me when you're old enough or whatever. If I remember correctly, where it's like, this is super weird. This is I that, that is a hundred percent. Yeah, this that's is weird. Bizarre. Um, but what I'm saying is Masato's like, like don't ca- call me yeah. now. <laughs> like, if you really want to, I'll do it now. That's what Masato's saying. No, <laughs> I yeah. Karen Duffy's like, wait till you're legal. Yeah, for, I, I for, agree. For but Karen I, Duffy, I was like, you have a mortgage and I don't know what a mortgage is. But but it is the same energy. It's like, because I watched that. I mean, I saw a blank check when I was 11. And I definitely watched that went like, oh, you know, like had a little crush on Karen Duffy because... 11 year olds don't like aren't in the same like that's that's actually why a lot of bad things happen to kids because they're just like oh cool i'm an attractive older woman um blank check was kind of sleazy because it was like oh this will get what would 11 year old want more than to have a bunch of money a mansion and a hot 25 year old throwing it herself at her and it's like okay but like you as the writer weren't 11 so (laughs) it's kind of weird and I, I yeah. that same energy is present here. And like, if you watch this, and so my only warning is that like, I don't. If you're hoping for like somewhere where like this store, this kind of gross, that's not, not so much a storyline, but a gross like thing that occurs over and over. Uh, if if you're hoping for some sort of like denouncement where like it makes sense beyond just like corniness, I think you're all you're not going to get where you want to go. Yeah, and and just to like jump in really quickly like while that's an interesting part of end of evangelion specifically because while in some uh, in some uh, senses it feels like a direct rebuke to fans and how they reacted to the end of the show um it is it also does have weird fan servicey moments where like that are if not meant to titillate they're meant to excite in a certain way mm-hmm. um and i'm not sure if he's doing in certain sequences i think he's doing an hr giger thing where he's like um you know particularly like big lilith and with naked ray like it's supposed to be disturbing not sexual and if you find yeah. it sexual like he'll literally eat 
eat Gendo's. Ray literally eats Gendo's hand for yeah. The, Gen- the Gendo Ray stuff doesn't it seems like it. It's rebuking it's, fans. It's rebu- It's rebuking yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's it's doing something different. But like the um, I'm gonna finally give with my dying breath, my bloody, my bloody big old, big old kiss, and then as I fall to the ground, be like, come back someday, we'll finish that. Yeah, it's really hard because it, it, that moment, I think that's you're, just I a think sneak peek. That's just a sneak peek um, <laughs> of what's going to happen post instrumentality, which I don't want you to do. Um, yeah, but but uh, yeah. So, but the, the, that's, I'm just saying I, it's, it's kind of gross. Like it's, that's it my warning. Gross. It's like it's gross and pervasive. Oh no, for and sure. it's something we'll, we'll we'll probably need to come back to a few times um, because, particularly with the ending, there's some stuff there where it's like, have you not accepted that Shinji's not your hero? Well, here you go. Yeah. Um, well, and it's like the main theme, obviously, is like loneliness. Uh, you know, coming to terms with oneself because even the i don't know there's i mean we could literally spend two hours on like each individual character i'm not gonna jump in <laughs> yeah yeah so here yeah. really quickly i, 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 I want to save my two hours for pen pen yeah <laughs> pen pen that's what's up i i did i was doing i was doing a google search on like okay so what is the actual history of the angels and i was doing like top level stuff and i was like what was the first impact what was the second impact oh the second impact is kind of a misnomer and then i just ended up on a page that was just purely people speculating about what that <laughs> <pen> shit is <laughs> it's like i was like i'm doing research for stuff i actually will be talking about but i guess you know now now we're actually talking about pen pens that's so when you find a video where it's shinji's hand and then just just a one little one little pen pen flipper it was time I did, make, I did make a joke Peter, because Pen Pen, I think, shows up in the, in the beginning of the second episode when, like, Shinji wakes up at uh, Misato's. Yeah, uh, she says she's got a roommate. Yeah, she's got a roommate. It's Pen Pen. And I made, I texted Peter, like, oh, man, I hope this penguin stays a major character throughout the entire show, thinking it was a throwaway gag. And, yeah, no, it, <laughs> Pen Pen, Pen Pen's there. Pen Pen gets to, to be part end. of human instrumentality. <laughs> <laughs> well, their mem- their memory of him does. Look, we we know we uh, lost his AT feel. So okay, so uh, this is what I'm saying. Can you imagine what gobbledygook this is? If yeah. you've never fucking like, why are you listening? Like, pen 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 <laughs> lost his AT field and is part of human instrumentality, and he's a penguin. Like, lock us up. Also, like, what does that mean? Ano spared us the image of Pen Pen turning into goop. Thank God. I, I will say, because we just were talking about the goop over and over, and there was at one point earlier where I was looking at stuff and then came across some form, and people kept saying, when I saw it, I thought, tanged. And then I realized after I threw on a YouTube video while I was making pizza and they're like, oh, as fans like to say, they got tanged because it looks like tang. And so that's it's, that's them talking about people turning into goop is just getting tanged. And I, I loved it, but I literally was reading, but I was like, tanged? What is this? I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> because because the show is so complicated. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, this is a new term. I don't even know. And then it was like 20 minutes later. Somebody's like, yeah, they got tanged. I was like, oh, absolute right. yes. tang. So. Yeah, so really quickly, I want to run through the origin. We usually spend some time talking about the directors and stuff in this, and I feel like for anime, we sometimes, uh, not this show, because we don't talk about it that much. But yeah, like, yeah, we I sometimes. Some, when have we talked about anime? I think it's sometimes easy to, uh, when you talk about anime, to just be like, well, yeah, a bunch of weirdos in a basement made this. Uh, but this this show is way, way too personally tied into the director-writer, uh, um, who created a show the show was kind of a runaway hit it it was a marketing juggernaut it completely changed the face of um 
what uh, the anime uh, and otaku spaces looked like. Uh, there were so many shows after this that were basically aping Evangelion. Um, and, uh, but the, the interesting thing is that, like, he ran into production constraints towards the end of the show. Some of it was budgetary from his producers. Some of it was time from his producers. But a lot of it was because he, after at around episode 16, uh, was hit a a wall, a depression wall, and he didn't have the term depression, but he was trying to uh, find a way to get an insight into the character of Ray, who is uh, Ray acts as sort of a um, a, a satire for most of the series of the quiet, cool Japanese girl with purple hair, and she's quiet and beautiful, but she's really good in battle. Um, she, it's sort of is a she? It's it's sort of a a a uh, well she literally saved Shinji's life and like whatever sure but she has been there first the I feel first like she's more emotionally series. stunted that but yeah yeah but yeah but I, that's that's part of the like sort of I wouldn't say parody but sort of the satire of this this anime trope the Asuka's a, a parody or a satire of like sort of the the ball busting you know bossy tom girl and but Ray is specifically like sort of in a malaise like depression uh, and he wanted to find out more about that. His friend loaned him a book. Um, anybody that's listening to this probably knows the story already, but basically Hideaki Anno self-diagnosed himself with depression at that point, and it sent him down a spiritual and, and, and you know psychological journey. He was uh, essentially suicidal. Um, and to take a sort of step back on who this guy was, he was one of the, we don't think about this with anime, but he's sort of like... You know when you talk about garage bands in Seattle, or you talk about like Kevin Smith movies or Richard Linklater movies in their early career, where they're just sort of like, "Well, we got a camera," or "Oh, well, we got a four-track tape player." Like, um, they just sort he just sort of got a bunch of animation nerds, like uh, mecha otaku dorks together, and they made a, uh, a animation project called Daikon Three which was like a uh, sort of an amateur effort, but it was really impressive and sort of a calling card for him. And so he sort of like almost formed a garage band for uh, anime. Um, and he worked with, he eventually worked his way uh, with Miyazaki. He worked on Nausicaa Valley of the Wind and um, he uh, became buddies with Miyazaki, which we'll come back to in a moment. He dropped out of college to make other um other otaku media before Gainax was formed. And he also yeah, worked his on first, a... his first uh, his first movie, I believe, was called um, Neon Genesis Evangelion and Nico, which wasn't as popular as later stuff. It's a velvet underground reference. Never mind. It's pretty. It's pretty cute. <laughs> it's pretty cute. <laughs> um, not everybody. Uh, watch Genesis Evangelion, but all of them that everyone, did, everyone that did, their own stop. Anime. I was say, we've already <laughs> cut out so many people, and now we're <laughs> real specific <laughs> with the references. Um, but he had a, did a series called Gunbuster, which is sort of a legendary anime and has a similar sort of of ending. And so what he came to uh, through his self-discovery of depression and um, through making Gunbuster uh, was this theme of you can't run away. And why do we keep retelling these stories? So as somebody who's like an obsessive otaku, he's been in his entire life, he's still making Evangelion. Well, he was until like 
a, a year and a half ago. But he's still making Evangelion movies. Why do we keep? Why are we so obsessed with these stories? These big robots. Why are we uh, obsessed with this escapism? And sort of as a cry for help, the last two episodes are, are a call for um, the the shut-ins among anime fans, the true true otaku's, to um, not let their lives flow flow past them and to uh, reach out and touch somebody. And, and mind you, he's saying this at a time in his life where he is considering killing himself. He's yelling at his staff. He's freaking out. And to the point that by the last two episodes, he has so fucked up timelines and he has so fucked up um, relationships at, at Gynax and all of that, that he is drawing keyframes and they are essentially the, the, the animation has dissolved to the point that he's just, they're using sketch drawings and line drawings and very basic sort of flipbook animation uh, to get the job done to capture the emotional point that largely is being driven by narrative. And um, yeah, there's budget issues. Yeah, there's producers. But you can't sort this thing into the sort of story that you can you hear with, you know, every every one of your favorite directors. You know, I just listened. Uh, I just uh, I was just watching. I just listened to the commentary track on about um, Ghosts of Mars. And Ghosts of Mars, basically, like, I, as a movie I'm very fond of, but, like, John Carpenter had his budget cut, like, a week before he went into production. Same thing happened with Escape from L.A. And that's just his fucking producer's fault. That's not John Carpenter's fault. This is an interesting story about, like, becoming, going into this little natal state of just, like, not making decisions, but not not making decisions and becoming the character of Shinji, essentially, where you're like, I can't do anything because act my actions, doing anything hurts me or hurts other people. I can't do anything here. And um, the story is about like rejecting that and, and taking growth and taking your own ethics and your own your own fate into your own hands. As a character of Shinji uh, is like so you know determined, his fate is so determined by his father. Um, Ano is, is pleading for himself and for his fans to like, you know, not get caught up in these escapist fantasies your entire life, to go out and live life and find love and find happiness and treat treat people around you as if they're they're actual people and that like you're gonna have to form relationships with them and you're gonna have to be vulnerable with them and it's going to hurt, but it's gonna be worth it. And uh the fans of the original series didn't like that very much. And um <laughs> They they uh, wanted mecha battles and they didn't want um, sort of cosmic therapy sessions. I was going to say earlier when you were like, oh, for the people who are watching, I like the idea of like, if you like mech battles, you're going to love therapy. <laughs> Wait a second. What? So, so I think if you're like, if you like. You're going to you're gonna love uh, kind of being like Alex from Clockwork Orange and watching images and words <laughs> flashing on the screen. But for a good reason like you're uh you're a clockwork i don't know strawberry and it's, it's sort of the question like do you like art movies jerking you around a little bit like do, were you someone that like thought that like uh when nicholas winding refn put out commercials for drive that he made it look like it was a fast and the furious movie even though the movie has like two two driving sequences are you somebody that when the twin peaks finale came out you were like well not when the twin when you saw the twin peaks season two finale you were like Hey, that's pretty cool that they leaned into the cosmic strangeness as opposed to leaning into the boring soap opera stuff. When you saw the Lost finale, were you like, well... This sucks. Know, 
where <laughs> you're like this sucks um, but you know what i'm saying that's that's what i was like um when you, you, when you don't don't you haven't seen lost don't include it it's, it's a terrible I, i'm just saying i'm just saying that that's something that like gets that's that's had a, a, an appraisal uh, i'm not saying all these are need to be included or when you watch although movie, i would i would say like i mean I, actually now that i'm now that i'm second guessing kind of what you're saying i i love it a lot in neon uh, uh neon genesis i hate it in lost but lost decides the same thing like you know island crazy times what about the friends we made along the that's way? That's why. That's what why. What if I, we all go to heaven together? <laughs> that's why I I named it because like that's from what that's I understand a, that's a good the call pretty close corollary. Um, but yeah, whether or not you like all those or whatever, but like, do you like when art films sort of jerk you around and like after the second act, you're like, what the fuck just happened? Um, then this this is the sort of ending that might appeal to you as somebody. But like, I think that the the, the Japanese otaku fans really didn't like it, and Miyazaki got death threats. Um, there was vandalism on the the uh, Gainax offices. Um, it really stunted his career for a bit. He shaved his head as an act of contrition, and we're still trying to interpret exactly why he did that. Um, and Miyazaki himself, during this period from production of episode 16 to the to the end of uh, the series, um, because they became lifelong friends, Miyazaki himself comforted him and helped him like push through all this because they had been buds, and Miyazaki also was just like, yeah, people are going to hate what you do sometimes. Just fucking do it. Like, <laughs> just make your art. Um, and the, his intentions have never been perfectly clear because he's sort of a little stinker. He'll, he'll like, in an interview in America, be like, he'll say one thing, and then he'll go to Japan two weeks later and then just say something completely different to a different audience. Sort of like David Lynch. Uh, but just David Lynch now go, knows to go like, fuck you, I'm not even giving you an answer. Yeah, there's that great, there's a great meme of like, uh, he says something about like I forget even what the quote was like a razor head was about this. Can you elaborate on that? No. Yeah, I have seen that one. I love it. Uh, so end of Evangelion continues some of his original ideas he had for the end of the series before he ran out of time. Um, it rounds out some rough concepts. Uh, it makes, but mostly it makes the micro into the macro. It came out a yeah. year after the series ended, uh, ninety six to ninety seven. Um, and it's turning something that was subtext in the original to the macro, but also like the, the hopefulness of the end of the series is flipped on its head for the movie, which has a ending that I think most people, um, we <laughs> could talk about it, interpret as a fairly uh, angry and pessimistic ending about yeah. rejecting growth. Uh, well, yeah, and I, I really like the concept of the the two sides of the coin that like this the the finale of the series now obviously when the finale of the series aired no one knew there was going to be this like other finale that existed in parallel i like the idea of like here's a very internal one for shinji and then we're gonna see human instrumentality happen outwardly in this I like the dichotomy, too, because this thing that seems hopeful and positive throughout all this all of a sudden becomes this, like, horror show when you're watching it outside of, like, Shinji's psyche. Um, the part that I, you know, I'm kind of interested to, to talk about, like, just from a, like, trying to wrap my head around it, is that, like, uh, and maybe this is, like, some I'm going to say something and everyone who's listening and both of you are going to be like, this has been debated on the board since the dawn. So... Maybe this is an obvious question, but like, when does what we saw in the finale occur in Shin from Shinji's perspective in End of Evangelion? Because I understand like one is an internal look at human instrumentality, and one is the outward look at what happens to the planet and everything else as like this goes on. But like, 
when do episodes 25 and 26 happen during Evangelion, or end of Evangelion? I believe it's when he's in the Ava in the sky, and there's the giant ray slash uh, Kuwaru, and they're melding, or, or he's it's piercing his like core right peter okay yeah yep yeah yeah okay so it so it is a so like the ending of the series it's when that all breaks apart and starts disintegrating like he 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 is basically at the end of the series he gets that kind of offer of i forget everyone probably knows this because i'm sure this is a meme too but what's what's the phrase that everyone says at the end of episode 26 uh, congratulations. Oh yeah. Okay. Congratulations. That's right. congratulations. congratulations. Did you so, want like, me to say congratulations to you? Yeah, I did. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I feel so much better now. So everyone's saying congratulations, and then something's like, no, this isn't for me. And then like the everything that happens after everything breaks apart uh, happens after this the series finale or the TV show finale. Yeah. Yeah. So the that's okay. the problem with that's the problem with this whole dealy is that. There isn't a canon answer for mm-hmm. what happens at the end. Um, you may find yourself in a large robot. People were arguing that it's two totally separate endings, and the show is obviously like confronting, growing, and then you get this this happy ending. But it's because he is no longer running away, and all these things. And then, since the audience hated that, some people, I think it's generally considered wrongfully attribute end of evangelion being like a well then fine fuck you here's the ending you want so you're saying it's a fork in the road like but episode 24 has a choose your own adventure i think it's kind of supposed it's supposed yeah. to but yes and no you know what i mean like i think it's supposed to be yeah. like what shinji sees when all that stuff is happening to a certain degree but he he has those like a little more hardened a little more misogynistic a little more angry in end and i think that that kind of shows the only reason why I would give any of that a little bit of you know my attention is I will say the shots of like audiences in the theaters and then and then like them disappearing all that kind of stuff in the actual movie you're like well it seems kind of targeted it seems kind of like <laughs> are you happy now is this what you, is or, this what you do want? you yeah. like it like I'm like when I don't, they show Gynax here's Homer offices. Simpson yeah <laughs> When they show Gynax offices being vandalized, um, and, and they they show that as one of the uh, this this movie as well as some of the later Rebirth movies incorporate uh, live action footage, um, the when you see that it's really hard for you not to take this as a fuck you to fans. But I actually think this works as uh, yeah a yin yang a coin flip to to each other in the sense that this series has divergent paths and in a way he's giving you what you wanted. So like. If you wanted the ending to resolve uh, Shinji coming face to face with his his uh, his demons and um, going through a cosmic therapy session, you've got that ending. If you wanted big fucking robot battles, this is what he had in mind, which is essentially yeah. a slaughter. It's not yeah, a we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. I it is not a, yeah it, no, it is not a happy cool no. robot show anymore. No. He actually based some of the imagery off of uh, a movie called the battle of Okinawa. Um, if you know anything about the battle of Okinawa during world war two, um, like 50% of the civilian population died on Okinawa Island uh, because of um, 
on, at Okinawa um, because of the battle that was happening on the island. Um, it, well, it kind of starts through, stops becoming a fun one too. What is it? Is it episode twenty three where like uh, or twenty two where uh, maybe you guys didn't rewatch it, but whatever episode where uh, Avil one just like demolishes um, Ava four. Yeah, right? is that like that's where it's like oh. No, yeah, that's that's where like and it must be like twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, because like that's when uh, New Tokyo floods or whatever too, because he just uh, and that's when everything gets really bad. So it's probably like twenty three, but yeah, like where all of a sudden it's like, oh, this isn't like fun mech battles anymore. This is just someone like covering the city in blood because it's merged with the Ava One to because he's afraid his friend died or whatever. Oh, it's not. Sorry, it's not. It's not. A, it, sorry, I'm remembering. It's not. Uh, it's not Ava Four. It's that angel that. It's Angel Ava because four. it's yeah. yeah it, okay. That's yeah, what yeah. I was. I was gonna get to because the. I, I called the Ribbon I, Angel. I don't want the, the stretchy I, arms. Yeah, I don't want to get into fucking. I don't want to get into fucking lore stuff, but that is the that is. <laughs> but that is the, the that is the brutality that is introduced in the series. That's like reflected in the in end of evangelion that like this isn't yeah. gonna be fun anymore yeah and that's uh that is a one uh absorbing the s2 drive which means that it's a, it has it now has a combination of lilith and adam within it uh as as, as its whole and it like affects the ending that's what enables the ending i but it also no not... longer needs like a power cord or anything like that it's got yeah. infinite power source yeah, from the S2, and it could regrow uh, its health faster, all of that. But yeah, Aaron, you're totally right that, like, the hints of the brutality, and the show's always been brutal, like, that's one thing I love about the first two episodes, is, is it is essentially a kaiju show where the robots move like humans, and they handle knives like humans really limberly, and then you find out yeah. later it's because they are huge fucking humans. I do um, like that. They've got, like, movements like, like dancers, because you expect, like, these hulking Gundams, and then all of a sudden they're, like dancing around or even the synchronized fight is pretty cool but the synchronized fight is one of the greatest episodes of television but but i will say that the like you said though the brutality starts off right away because even that that first angel angel three when it gets introduced it like immediately grabs uh evil one's head and then just starts bullet punching it right in the face you're like okay yeah. all right we are yeah yeah we it, are, it, it seems more Netflix. like fucking vol- velociraptors than it does oh yeah um it does here you know it's a movie i really need to rewatch. um so i saw shin godzilla when it came out and i loved it quite a bit um but like you know i remember people going oh you know that was you know written directed by the you know evangelion guy i'm like oh cool (laughs) you know what else what else am i gonna say uh i really need to rewatch shin godzilla now i haven't seen the whole series because i wonder if we'll have an opportunity to rewatch it in the next few months oh that's right we oh yeah that was one that i didn't even know i didn't even know that was a thing until I think we were talking about you starting uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Peter's like, you know Shin Godzilla was by the same guy? I was like, no, I've already seen it. I liked it. I just didn't realize it. Yeah, I mean, I think Peter told me again. I'm like, oh, you know, like when you haven't seen it, it's like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Cool. But yeah, the brutality is definitely there, although it still is like, it's couched in, uh, I, I would actually say less brutality, but more like... It, it, it's not hulking mech battles to your point. It's like that animalistic, like it's like two fucking velociraptors, like attacking each other, which feels more like limber and more animalistic and stuff like that. But like that, even the brutality of, I think the first couple episodes is not, not minimized, but hidden behind the nonsense science words that become fucking crucial Mm -hmm. 
to the series. Like, I joked about, like, oh, he's generating his own AT field. That's unheard of. Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, you know, I there's there's some there's some weird science lasery, like, I don't understand how this works stuff that's, like, just almost distracting you from it. I do think, like, if we're talking revisionist history, I have to wonder, like, uh, in the same way that people, like, watch Seinfeld and go, oh, if that if they had made that with today's technology, obviously you couldn't make the Chinese restaurant episode because people would just call each other. What if wireless technology um, existed for the Avas and they didn't need to be plugged in all the time? Is that, like, a whole different dynamic? <laughs> they just have to <laughs> sit just... on, a, on one of the power pads for five minutes in, like, a, <laughs> in like a, a, a yoga position. <laughs> it was it was kind of funny how much, like, I've never seen a mech show that relies so much on, like, you cannot unplug them. I do, they I, do not I do like they, they don't use it much, but I do like the one time where um, it's, the, it's the angel that has a shadow, and that's actually the oh, angel. Yeah. But I do like that's the one where they're running around the city a bit, and then... Asuka unplugs and then plugs in on like a different power station that doesn't really pop up a lot more though you're like shouldn't shouldn't we have more of these around shouldn't shouldn't we have more of these just ready to be like boop I can recharge I also like that they just look like Tesla power plugins like oh, they yeah. don't they they just look exactly like how you plug a Tesla and I don't know if you guys have ever done that that shadow episode is great that's that's kind of like the fulcrum that like changes the course of the series i think like, that's the, the big reason obviously there's so much going on in the show but even the the angels as a whole the they're there's such a variety of what they look like how they attack how they defend all those things it's it's different every single time enough where you're just like i know they're gonna figure it out but what's going on this time what's happening here? yeah so like, i do like that that's why people get so attached to the series and why certain people got so pissed is because the entire show is building up the strengths of everybody and it feel you feel like you're getting Shinji's getting growth through exposure to all these powerful women who have their own strengths. Asuka is really good in battle, but she's headstrong and it is you know she lets her rage take herself over. Um, Ray has a good control over her depression, but she's mysterious and distant. Like you don't actually know what's going on. Masato is a great leader. Like she's compassionate yeah. to her staff. She's professional. She devotes her time to them. Um, and, and uh, but she's an alcoholic who's hiding some sort of uh, deep yearning need for a father, which is you know that feeds into some of the misogyny stuff we were talking about earlier. Like the idea that like. Without a daddy around, women just fall apart. Like, that stuff is, is definitely there. Um, the uh, Ritsuko is a is a character who is just, like, a genius in her field, and she's very powerful, but when Gendo spurns her advances, she falls apart until the point that in End of Evangelion, she gets gunned down. Um, like, there's there he's surrounded by people who are damaged and working through that to help save the world, and, like, some of them have ulterior motives, like, you know, the nerve or seal. And some of them are just like, I literally just need to feel a sense of belonging. Like, the you, you know, human instrumentality, whatever you want to call it, just, like, give me s something that makes me feel, like, alive and a part of something. I mean, knowing that there wasn't another ending, although I didn't realize when I initially watched it, like, Peter, you were pretty good about, like, just, you know, like, you are watching unending. It's not like it's to be continued for the movie i think it works well with that idea that at some point that that did exist for a moment and then was 
ultimately rejected by Shinji just because I think, A, that fits better tonally with the series that, like, things didn't work out. Even, like, even didn't work out from a um, personal growth perspective. But also that, um, you know, I I do like shows that uh, kind of circumvent the concept of of hope for like a little more dire state and uh i i actually like you know i kind of want to separate that from the idea like i don't i don't want grim dark endings like i i had no interest in that marvel what if show that sounded like it was like it's uh, that it was more like what if all your favorite characters die (laughs) because that's that's the only thing we can't show in the normal mcu or something like that like i don't just need like death but i think for like this show specifically I wouldn't have been opposed to a happy ending. I liked where things ended uh, in in the end of the series, where it's just kind of learning that you are who you make you, and you can surround yourself with friends and stuff like that. But thematically, to Peter's point, this is a show about someone who has never had the any support structures to kind of deal with that in a society that isn't there to support anything, but essentially using him and people his age for, like this tool that they don't understand for reasons that they don't understand. Um, you know, this, this isn't a hopeful show. And I think there is something kind of poetic and like about like in the same way that leftovers had this, like, you know, to your point, Peter, it had a ending with closure, but not necessarily like it had a devastating ending when you realize what's going on. Keep it very and vague. I, yeah. Uh, I did for me. <laughs> no, yeah, um, I, yeah, that's fine. And uh, I think this this fits with that. Like there, there's all this like Lovecraftian. I know that's an overused word by your show, but it, I mean, how could you not like these things? I didn't understand that were going these like monstrous, unknowable things happening. Like there's that happening. At that the end is something of the day. that appealed to me about the show. Is that it's, yeah, it I is, know it is cosmic horror. It's yeah. about an origin of the species that does not align with Judeo-Christian and the concept of Adam. Adam, if Adam had taken over the the his plan, um, then we would have never existed. We would have been stomped out of life because he's just like, well, I wanted to live here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like the idea that like even in a world that all you are is just goo bags, you can't even like. And you put all of your, like, pain and sins into one person, you still just slump in ineffectualness to the side while that person berates you. Like, it totally matches, like, the series um, in a way that I think, I think, like, it definitely bums me out a lot, but it, it, it works. And, you know, I, it does, in some ways, like, if you take the last two episodes as some part of canon, here's what it reminds me of the most, which is actually another movie that we may be talking about soon. It reminds me of the ending of Brazil. It is just this miserable existence in a world that he is just a cog in a machine that he under, doesn't understand and is unable to experience anything real and doesn't doesn't even know it's not a society that treats him how any uh, how to do that. And it, you know, the ending of Brazil, spoilers, is that he 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 wins. He gets victory. He accepts love. The person, you know, he's able to beat back the the system that's affected him. And then it pans away to find out that it, you know, this is all a hallucination based on the 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 unstoppable bureaucratic fascist societal capitalist forces like just subjugating him in a different way. And 
I think that like the the concept of having both of these endings in, uh, exist as, a, as two sides of the coin that fits well. It's this idea of like he had this a moment of awakening. Like maybe I need to accept people in my life, but at the end of the day, like his world wasn't structured for that for that feeling or that existence to stick. And at the end of the day, he's at the end of an apocalypse, spit out on a planet's you know beach or whatever, uh, still as miserable as ever. Uh, unable to unable to escape uh kind of his his uh his environment around him yeah yeah i think that's a good way of of putting in it um is he's sort of allowed himself to be in a trap of his own choosing so it, it you know uh in the canonical version of 25 and 26 in the show in my mind human instrumentality happens everyone gets good just like an end of evangelion um they get gooed up. I just can't stop laughing at that. Just like, you know, the end of Earth. All, 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 all people just get gooed into one goo ball. Yeah. And, but it's supposed to be this this beautiful moment where all of our, our the holes in us, I don't want to say all of our mm. holes get mm. filled. All our holes I, become I one. Not, all right. Do not want to say that. Um, all of our, uh, no, all of all of the inherent uh, sort of gaps in our in our souls and our hearts that that were the pieces that were missing are, are fulfilled by somebody else within the human experience and and were fulfilled. Though there's a painful birth process to get there, and it's a therapy process where you need to, through that, you need to uh, travel. And you need to go through this therapy session. At the end of it, you will be able to to align with everybody else, and everyone else will be with you in this sort of metatextual soul yeah. real, reality. Um, and it is a happy ending, even though, like you know, it means the end of all life on Earth. But this is a post apocalyptic show where um, a, a, a massive alien angels keep trying to ruin the Earth. So that is a happy ending. Um, the happy ending is not Shinji gets to go to the supermarket on Monday. No, um, it's, it's, you know, that blue haired girl that reminds me of his mom. Well, now, now they're naked and combined. Uh, they are one. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, exactly. The, the end of Evangelion is saying that somebody who, the keys to the kingdom are handed. They're not, they're not, uh, from seal or sale. They're not, I'm just going to say seal this episode. Cause it's what I'm going to end up defaulting to. I think you're supposed to say sale. Same, I'm not but do that. I, I also say, I've been saying seal in my head and then I was watching I, a video and they're like, sale or sale or whatever it was. It's like, all right, seal. We're going to be talking in 30 minutes and I'm going to say seal. And then it's just, I'm just going to say seal, um, seal, ner, sorry, seal and Gendo have their own different versions of instrumentality. That's why there's a big fight. Um, and Shinji's mother, as well as Rei, sort of reject all of that uh, and say, you know, Shinji gets to choose. Shinji makes his choice. Shinji's choice is sort of a non-choice. His choice is uh, to... The, the choice of Shinji is essentially, like, I'm... I'm going to allow people to decide if they want to join the, you know, the soul instrumentality. Um, and the people that don't want to can, you know, come back. I'm going to reject whatever personal growth I just, you know, I just went through by, you know, momentarily joining instrumentality. I'm going to reject that growth and come back uh, as the same person I was with the same foibles and the same sins and, and marks on my soul um, because it's, it's because change is too hard. And it's an interesting, it's, it's a fascinating story about what happens when you hand an ultimate power of self-healing and, and transformative apocalyptic change the keys to to somebody who doesn't feel connected to humanity 
the response is not going to be, well, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I ought to think about everyone. He's going to say like, no, it, this is, you know, you're all bullying me. All these women are bullying me. I, I'm going to go back to, I'm, I want to go back to just being alive and cradle into a ball. And, and, and um, in that sense, like that, that ending scene on the beach, like, yeah, I'm sure lots and lots of people are still alive. But in that sense, who cares? Because Shin, it, there's a moment with the hands are, are spread out on the beach, uh, Asuka's hand and his hand, and they're so far apart, right? And uh, that moment, combined with Shinji's ultimate sort of um, de de destiny within this this particular canon, means that there could be, you know, there could still be two billion, three billion people on the planet, and he's just going to keep rejecting growth. And he might as he's basically becoming Gendo at this point. He's he's choosing instead of enacting the the never ending love of his mother, who literally like spurned her dead husband and spurned everybody on the planet to give Shinji this one chance to to become uh become his gods, become become someone who's who's beyond pain. Um, he rejects all of that and just goes back to being Shinji, and that's tragic, but like it's kind of true. I um, yeah, no, I agree because that was when Gendo put his hand with Adam into Ray. That was his attempt to bring upon the third impact, but like of his own volition, right? And then that's why yeah. Ray chopped off his hand, got back into Lilith, and then that was essentially Shinji's mom saying, "I want Shinji to decide because he's got you know a more pure heart compared to Gendo." And uh, and then Shinji made a very Shinji decision and just kind of left everything the way it was, except for him. Yeah, yeah. I will um, say, did you read about the 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 other thing that I thought was super interesting was since we were talking about Anno and how it was like even it sounded like it was super intense, even trying to come up with an ending of the actual show or the actual production of it. I thought it was super interesting that apparently the script had two different endings for even end, and then the alternative that one was. Same everything else, he, Shinji's on the beach, and instead there's a shot and he's holding a hand, and it, uh, I think if I remember correctly, it, then it, it, it cuts and it shows a, you know, a different angle, and he's literally just holding a severed arm. It's just a severed arm on the beach, and he's just holding its hand. And like that's and then the, he jerks off. With yeah, I'm about to say yeah, exactly. Was like, uh, the now I'm like, oh, the somehow, lowest some, of the low. I was like, oh, somehow it got sadder and more lonely. I thought I thought it was like going to be a different ending. You're like that'd oh, be a cool right. ending. That'd be a cool ending. Like he's trying to reach out to somebody, but it's kind of too late. He's um, like, I just want the feeling of someone near me, but not actual people. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're already an hour and a half in. I say that we transition to more directly talking about the end of Evangelion. Yeah, and we can talk about some of the stuff that's actually like badass and cool as fuck about End of Evangelion. Yeah, it's, yeah, because it it's rules. Got robots five, their heads I gave it five stars. I fucking love the movie. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, let's do All it. Right, let's do it.
So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just go. We're gonna do a little classic podcast movie podcast thing where uh, we're just gonna go through the plot and talk about it because we're never gonna get back. You know how movie podcasts start talking about the movie about an hour forty, hour forty five in, and then they go through the plot. We're gonna do one of those situations, Peter. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna start off uh, just like the movie does, just really gently, just ease people into the subject matter material. So after uh, a very uh, violent and vicious battle in their Ava units, which are big mecha, and if I had to explain that, what the fuck are you still doing here? <laughs> yeah, we we have to assume. <laughs> we have to assume they know what Ava's are at this point. Um, and mecha are basically just. Um, they're like a dildo, but like they walk around and stuff also. Uh, and sometimes Mac they fight Warrior for Mac. It's like that. It's also what you want to point yourself to when you pray. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for representing more of our listeners' voices that I don't think are heard very often. You're welcome. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, after a vicious battle in Mecca, um, Asuka is in the hospital. And she's in a comatose state, and because um, her Ava, like her power died in the Ava, and she just was sitting there crying, saying, "I don't want to die," over and over. And uh, thankfully, she survived in a in a coma. Yeah, and um, this is just one of those moments in the show where you realize how the parents, the older folk, are taking advantage of the kids. Yeah, she's a she's a child. They're just making little child soldiers and making yeah. them go to war for them um and they're too impatient to even wait for them to become adults before they do this because they want to inst- they want to kick off the third impact which is what the entire plot of the movie is going to resolve around um so uh shinji is visiting asuka in the hospital and masturbates over her body in a moment of self-loathing um because he has complicated feelings and um so this that is the first like oh this is a movie we have different parameters around what we can show i guess oh yeah also there was like so i watched it right because it's not like they it's not like they show him whip out his anime dick and, and beat it off right like they he's making grunts and they lift up his hand and i'm like all right well they move on like it took me about like 15 seconds after they cut away i'm like wait it is did he just jerk off into his hand it is just like immediate where it's like you know oh her nipples and then it's just like a handful of elmer's glue and you're just like okay this we really just are doing whatever we want to now okay i mean he did just like the, the you know they're filled with liquid in the ava so i'm like maybe he's got that would oh, be yeah, fun. Yeah, probably some ava juice that would be funny oh, wait like, a second lcl and then it cuts to the next scene it's not it, cool it's, prepo- it's preposterous it's something that you don't really see um <laughs> i've watched i've watched a lot of anime and i haven't seen a whole lot of cum um because i don't watch hentai <laughs> Uh, this is my first yeah come related and i've watched much anime uh, a couple but in the in the five episodes of cowboy bebop and the three episodes <laughs> of Zerk, I've seen, I, I, I have not seen anyone i've never seen anime come so i just wasn't ready to put those two together not to be your um not to be your therapist but i assure you this is not extremely normal um but uh yeah so what is happening here is that shinji is in a state of a he's not he's not literally comatose but he's sort of spiritually comatose he's he's inert he's incapable of action he floats from place to place um just just right before uh suicide um he 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 has uh killed uh kuaru um who was the the final angel that needed to be killed before uh seal and nerve could enact their plans for the third impact 
And uh, he is feeling all of the weight of the guilt after the battles are over that, you know, while everyone else is trying to move to their next step, he's trying to just deal with all of the sins that have yeah, been Yeah, he doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to sit in a fetal position. I mean, I, I love that the, like, their quote-unquote hero of our movie keeps getting con- Kevin Costner speeches delivered to him while yeah. he's like nope nope it is not moving the needle oh the the older girl that i've had weird feelings for the older woman i've had weird inappropriate or that feel or weird feelings for kisses me nope still like the, you think that's gonna finally motivate him and he just sits the next scene he's like no i'm good just sitting here i like that we even and, started off with like before this he was at least he'll follow orders even even if it's not something he really wants to do, somebody will tell him to do it, and he just will. And now it's even to the point where he, he won't even do that. He's just, nope. He's t- well, and he finally he's asserts himself, right? Because he's like, I'm going to leave. And then he, like, you know, he, right in the show, right before this part, like, he finally, like, people are like, oh, shit, he's finally, like, uh, stepping into himself. Um and having some confidence and fighting back. And then even when he does decide to come back and, you know, go into an Ava again, he uh, he's a lot more aggressive and a lot more in control and stuff like that. And then like, but the end of that whole situation, yeah, his the person that he finally had a connection with, uh, he he's forced to kill uh, Asaka's in a coma. Like his moment of like, I'm, I'm going to step into my adulthood ended in just like, sadness after sadness and like he is completely receded into himself and i think that the way to the way to interpret this scene is the way that you would interpret a lot of the the sort of irrational behavior of characters <laughs> in the rest of the show which is that um they just want oh anything, we're still talking about jerking off uh is that they'll just do anything to make themselves feel better and have a momentary escape from the hell the personal hell that they live in inside their head because most of these characters are suffering from ptsd from the second impact um which was an apocalyptic event that rose the the floodwaters it killed the ensuing wars and nuclear wars and everything and the the, the flooding killed and the tsunamis killed about half the earth's population um it made the uh, it it cast the earth into a global warming like event where it's just perpetually summer, and uh, all these people are living with the 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 deaths of people around them hanging over their head because of this second impact event, and all of them are depressed. Gendo is muscling through to try and reconnect with his dead wife. Misato G- is, Gendo is uh, is, is Shinji's uh, father. Yeah, Shinji's father. Misato is trying to reconnect with men through sex and alcohol. Um, she's, trying to re- she's trying to reconnect through herself with alcohol, but she's trying to reconnect with to men with sex. Um, men, sometimes 14-year-old men, you know. Yeah, sometimes boys, literally boys. Um, but, uh, you know, characters are often looking for, and the way I interpret the scene is, is just that he is looking for any sense of comfort as somebody who suffers from depression yeah, it'd be weird if somebody just did that or leaned into drinking or drugs to make themselves feel better. Totally irrational. Uh, but uh, the 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 movie continues on with the more macro plot kicking into gear, and I'll kind of go through this really quickly. So Seal and Gendo have uh, ha- have had a, a break. They're they're. Uh, uh, 
We were on a break. <laughs> you like initiated the human instrumentality project without me. We were on a break. <laughs> it's basically that. So if you've um, seen Friends, you've seen Neon Genesis yeah. Evangelion. <laughs> no more pen pen references. <laughs> All friends. <laughs> um, but Seal and Nerve are um, at one point Seal, which is basically like the Illuminati. Uh, their vision is to become, they want to be essentially the drivers of the human instrumentality project. Um, and Gendo wants to be the driver of the human instrumentality project. Uh, they have slightly different goals on how, what they want to actually happen there. Can you Uh, talk about that? I am very, like, it seems like they are a hundred percent aligned and then just fight a little at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that it works is uh, this is, some of this is, is interpretive and it's one of the things that confuses people most about this is that what is, so what was the second impact? The second impact was as sort of an experiment, maybe a little bit of a goof, um, scientists in, in Antarctica. It was a goof guy. Yeah, it was a goof guy. <laughs> Don't take it so seriously all the time. Um, as a bit of a goof, uh, scientists combined uh, Adam, which was one uh, proto uh, populator of danger. the planet, right. uh, with Lilith, uh, who was uh, a proto-populator of the planet who uh is of this of the same sort of race but she interrupted adam's plan adam's plan was to populate the earth for angels essentially his children are all the angels lilith's children are humans and i mean don't all parents think their kids are angels i thought you wanted me to explain this yeah no no. Uh, (laughs) sorry i I want to say a joke (laughs) so then adam impaled himself right on the spear of alonginus so while the second impact was happening the only way to the, they, they combined adam and lilith just to see what would happen possibly it was an attempt to do what the third impact was doing um so but, and that made ray right or no uh not not quite yet um so the the second impact happened in the year 2000 and it and it caused that global catastrophe that I was I was discussing, and that was Adam and Lilith coming together, and it rose Adam from his slumber um, to, and his goal was destroying every plant, every human on the planet. That is also the goal of essentially every angel, except for Koaru, the last angel, is to kill every human on the planet. Um, yeah, because because he decides. I'm sorry, I, I'm not. Just, I'm just getting clarification. Because he decides that since only angels or humans can meet after he meets Shinji, he's like, I like you. Well, if, because I like you and because I have this relationship with you, I am sacrificing angels to let humans, i.e., you live. Yeah, and that's part okay. of the the love of of you know Kawaru likes Shinji. Well, like. He likes him. He likes him. Um, Moon Boy is in love with Earth Boy just so much. He's in like with him so much. Um, that he uh, that he the determines to, to sacrifice his life a little bit later on. But let's let's get through that. The third the goals okay. of the third impact and human instrumentality project differ slightly. Uh, human instrumentality as a concept means everybody on Earth essentially pops like a balloon and turns to goo. And uh, forms all of the souls on the planet Earth form into a collective consciousness that connects us back together. Like we discussed, it, it, it fills in the gaps in our personality 
um, and our, our, our weaknesses and our strengths and we have full understanding of each other and we're in a full sense of, of, of camaraderie together. Understanding. So hold we on, just, a, just to pause and clarify. Yeah, because to pause and clarify, so like, because Gendo's whole position is that like, I, why he doesn't need to have relationships with anyone is like humans are fundamentally flawed because we're missing these pieces that would be fixed if everyone combined. So yeah, that's the that's one piece is is that they all kind of nerve and seal agree, and the reason they work together until so late in the game is because they have mutually assured if mutual goals all the way up until human instrumentality project. And their goals are to institute human instrumentality. Um, and they all want this 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 piece to happen. They all want people's individual AT fields to break and for us to be enjoined together. Um, they use a few different metaphors throughout the show, such as the hedgehog dilemma. Um, it's, you know, it's sort of a standard for defense, defense mechanisms, like things that we do to keep ourselves from, away from each other. Um, and Seal realizes late in the game what they need to do that, that 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 he's going off off book. I I don't really want to get into the specifics about the spear of Longinus, but that was used to keep Adam in his place. It was used to keep Adam in his place during the second impact. It's some part of Seal's plan for the third impact. I don't really want to get into that too much because it's it's a lot. Um, also, each one of the ain't the the human created angels have a small spear of Longinus with them a lot they have yeah um, they have replicants that they that seal was hoping they might be able to use in substitution for the spear of longinus but then you know the spear of longinus comes back into play so that we don't really know if it would have worked yeah yeah i mean it works to kill asuka's unit yeah. but um but yeah so there his gendo's plan is to reunite with yui his wife um and take control of human instrumentality which means it's his choice to decide what happens to the fate of man his goal is for everyone to come together and then to break back to part in individual people and uh, Seal's plan and what they would enact if they were uh, if they were in charge and they get to control when and if this happens is that they would be everyone would be held together in this this ball forever. I've seen certain interpretations say that they would somehow be gods in this vision. Some of that is they from do talk PST a lot about game. like to bring. Yeah, they do talk a lot about it, like, being gods. That makes sense. I, I guess I didn't realize that Gendo's plan was to bring everyone together and then separate them with a greater understanding. Although, such a, like, a such a boomer dad thing where it's like, I don't know how to talk to my son. I guess the only way is if I that turn <laughs> into goo and meld everyone's Cause, consciousness. Because at that point, he's pretty much saying that, like, or, and I know I'm not explaining to you, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm more asking, because even the adults even even gendo and even seal to a certain extent they they've all come to the conclusion right that life is so painful pain yeah that yes. that it's worth doing something this drastic my my real question though is then what's the point of what's the point of not letting the angels touch Lilith or Adam then if they would also just bring upon the third impact? Is it because that would wipe out humanity versus yeah. resetting yes. or being yeah. a, a that's, blob? That's my okay. understanding. Too. Because that's Adam's plan. That would be Adam's or the, the angels who are his children. Yeah. That would be of Adam's plan. Only one can exist. In my head, being a big old blob yeah. is like 
not existing so i'm just kind of confused like i get it but but it, in my head i'm like well wait that's still just like the end of individual humanity regardless you join you you lose your individualness but your soul isn't joined in sort of a cosmic piece mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about your anti-goo agenda i yeah oh i can't make any jokes about it and I'm, and i'd I'm rather not, not exist than be goo <laughs> yeah uh he's sort of a legutarian <laughs> i just yeah um, but yeah, this is something that like genuinely confuses people. And like up until like I watched both endings, and I was like, so why are Seal celebrating when Ray's plan starts to get sorry, when Yui and Ray's plan starts to get enacted? And I was like, oh, because they have a great deal of faith that Gendo's plan would have um meant that human instrumentality would have been just like a momentary connection uh whereas like they they have a high degree of confidence that yui is is going for a more of a a higher level goo purpose um we're gonna stay goo we're (laughs) gonna dead we're gonna be gooeys i love that they do reveal (laughs) that um the leader of seal was a rehumanized bebop from ninja turtles (laughs) I, why does he have a visor? I like that they <laughs> introduced them all as people, and then after that, from then on, they were like, "We are voice voice monoliths until until the end." Then the one guy pops up again. Someone's like, "Hey, I saw this kick-ass movie called 2001, and I got a great idea." <laughs> I don't have this sick visor to be looking like a monolith, okay? Yeah, <laughs> you saw one monolith was cool. Hey, Wait, why, you aren't you <laughs> why, why aren't you in your monolith? Why aren't you? Why aren't you in your monolith situation? Uh you know what? Instead of asking me these questions, Doug, why don't you say, hey, cool visor, thank you for bringing it to the meeting today. <laughs> is that is that the equivalent of like, I didn't know my camera was on, I don't have pants on, I didn't realize my monolith wasn't turned on, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but sick visor though, right? <laughs> why is the monolith speaking, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will not stop until the line reading from Shape of Water is a meme. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's so good. The best, the best line delivery of all time. It's it is truly the best. It is the best line delivery of all time. So why are you speaking Russian, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, so yeah, the the human instrumentality stuff is um is very confusing and it's fine if you don't totally understand it or you think i misunderstood it but the overall point of no, this I, is I that think like the tracks, sort of self-determination like, that like somebody gets to choose how this immense power yeah. is is construed Kin- shinji didn't even want to go to this this whole yeah. thing he wanted to rise to the surface because he thought that asuka needed his help yeah yeah, I mean, there is a lot of, like, I mean, I understand, like, we're not just going to keep going to work, right? Like, at some point, we got to figure out what what is the point of our existence. I think that fills in some of the gaps I didn't quite understand, because it did seem like everyone was headed towards the same goals, and I didn't understand why some people were celebrating and weren't. And I think I think that tracks, like, that the missing piece for me was that I didn't realize that Gendo wanted him to become goo, figure out how to talk to his kid. <laughs> ungoo and then say attaboy yeah Uh, like that that tracks a little more so aaron just fyi um you know you have a couple kids you have another one on the way um i would suggest 
maybe playing a catch or something rather than engineering a massive uh oh no see i love this i I think this. I think it's great. I've been trying to like have a relationship with my kids and you know talk to them and relate to them and stuff like that. And I think now it's 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 clear. Like, look, sometimes it's challenging until I can bring all our consciousness yeah. together in a goo ball. I'm I'm gonna What's become the fucking point I'm this? gonna become a god, yeah. so to speak. We're gonna get gooed up and then we're gonna degoo and things are gonna be better. <laughs> look, if there's any reason I can use you for work, I'll call. <laughs> yeah. And so, and while we're here, I mean. The, another interpretation you can make of Gendo's fate is that he wants he doesn't want him, human instrumentality to happen at all. He wants to kill ever he wants a combination of Adam's plan and his own, which is I want to reunite with you Yui inside the O one unit and um kill everyone on Earth. And that we can exist in a sort of cosmic exploratory capacity while everyone else on Earth, including my own fucking son, are dead. That is another interpretation of the ending. Um, it's just that I think that the the way that he reacts to certain situations, it sort of implies that he does want human instrumentality for everyone. Um, it, the problem is this ending is going to be something people are going to be arguing about as long as people give a shit about the show. Yeah, I think. Th- yeah, I, I also like that um, that when Gendo dies, because I don't like Gendo very much, that like other characters rise from the grave to berate him. Oh yeah, yeah he, he just gets, gets a good he gets scolding. His, he yeah. gets his head bit off by a unit, which implies to me that um, he made by not, Shinji's unit. Unit yeah, one. by, so by O one, which is his wife yeah. Yui. So yeah. that implies to me that maybe he is being rejected from human instrumentality. Yeah, possibly. I I, I, I mean that was the what I was kind of struggling with was. Whether Yui took it out of Gendo's hands because she wanted to get everybody gooed up or, I mean, I, I know they do the flashback, so it makes the most sense. But I also think part of it was just like Gendo at no point has proven himself to be uh, selfless or reliable or like or, or hopeful person, any of those things. So giving him ultimate power seems like a bad idea no matter what even if it's the man you love even i mean like because obviously she's seen how he treats their son the people yeah throughout the entire show all that kind of stuff giving him the keys to the castle doesn't seem like the right move no matter what yeah it doesn't 100%. seem like him or seal are gonna be like you know what i'm i'm gonna think about everybody and you're like mm, doubtful yeah so there's a quote in the beginning of uh the 26th 26- episode and it's in the year 2016 ad the instrumentality of what people had lost that is of the heart was underway however it would take far too long to depict all such events we will therefore focus on the instrumentality of the heart of one shinji akari so the show is specifically focused on um that sort of uh, that sort of focus it makes it very clear the movie you very much have to understand the sort of like political political separation between what gendo wants and what seal wants and that is a flaw in the movie i think that they don't they they throw around enough techno babble and the 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 doors of guff have opened and you're like yeah man i even looked up what guff means and it like yeah it's like a soul world and in uh judaism and like jewish folklore like sure that's not helping me at all like can you just explain what the bad guy wants well that Um, that was like uh when i when we first started i was like oh i thought there'd be an easy i mean i knew we were only focusing on the last two episodes and end i was like maybe there'll be an easy to label like numbered angels picture 
And instead, they're like, well, here are the angels' actual names that ne- yeah, never, never really get mentioned. But I thought it was interesting because, like, they all seemed to, uh, to be based in, like, Hebrew scripture. So, like, that, and I was like, oh, it's just, like, kind of fascinating the melding of various religious texts and thoughts and ideas to bring all this together. But again, it was like the angels are known as number one, number two, number three, number four, like all those things. And then they're like, oh, Balthazar? And you're like, no, okay, sure, you say so. Yeah, and it the, does rule uh, that three, the last three angels are uh, a giant halo, giant yes, and then a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, the magi, or I guess Maggie, as it's it's called, um, are they say ma- they say magi in the the, the dub? Oh, in the... I, I suppose I also realized like this may be the one of the few times Peter that I know the pronunciations of things like yeah. Longinus because they do say Longinus every time, and I'm assuming someone would have corrected them as they recorded the dialogue for the show. I was wondering so, yeah. how you confidently knew. I didn't even think about that. It's like okay, cool, Long, Longinus. Yeah, yeah, and yeah like not say... a bad joke. That's what like it's a it's funny that they keep saying the spear of Longinus. <laughs> I think there's probably a Japanese pronunciation reason why they would pronounce a G as a hard G as opposed to like a soft J sound because J sound is a very common consonant in Japanese, obviously. Um, well, they call it Magi on the English dub. <laughs> so they do. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's they call it Maggie in the in the Japanese pronunciation. I don't I don't know. Regardless, those are all those are all biblical names. Um, the three. Well, Magi. that's not what we say here in America. <laughs> and like the like, there's there's a ton of stuff here, and it very much reminds me of when we did our Bloodborne episode, where it's like some of this stuff does have a sort of uh, component. Period. Gaul. Particularly, you know, like in this in this crosses mean very often means like a sacrifice. Um, but then you get to the end of ed, 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 end of Evangelion and crosses are fucking everywhere. And it's like, crosses don't mean sacrifices. Crosses is just fucking cool looking. Um, they have no symbolic presence. They're just <laughs> yeah. rad looking. The tree of life is, is the tree of life f- structure is formed. It very much reminds me of Bloodborne where it's just like Japanese people who don't have a firm understanding of Christianity, which I, in their defense, Americans don't have a firm understanding of Christianity. Um, uh, it's about fighting global warming. The, the, sometimes they just like there's or, a bit sorry, of exa- it's about fighting people that fight jesus loved yeah. guns and hated fake news yeah it's it, that's i mean that's ultimately, it's ultimately about hate your neighbor um the point of this is that like ultimately it's kind of a cosmic horror show that like uh a cosmic horror sci-fi kaiju show it's not actually interested in christianity that much except for as an aesthetic value mm-hmm. very similar to when we talked about Bloodborne, because uh, Bloodborne, it's like, hey, we crucified and put all these wolves uh, to burn at the stake. So, what, 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 oh, that's cool. What does that mean? Are the wolves like maybe sort of like sacrificial figures in this like culture of hunting? No, it's just like creepy as shit when you go down the alley and there's just like a <laughs> bunch of fucking burning wolves. It's very scary. So why did you use crosses specifically? Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's creepy, scary man. It's creepy shit. Creeps me out. You're creeped out, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's creepy. Then it worked. Stop asking questions, dummy. That's why everybody <laughs> was said when Jesus got crucified, they're like, this is creepy as shit. <laughs> That's how the other Miyazaki comes to my house and bullies me about Bloodborne. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, so where was I? So let's, yeah, talk, let's of... talk about the fight. 
Yeah, let's get back to like the kind of fun part of this, which is uh, and and depressing part, which is um, Seal then decides to launch a massive attack on the Nerve headquarters in a in a moment of betrayal. But their betrayal is sort of reacting to Gendo's betrayal, um, where they want to get there and they want to uh, recover Unit One to use as part of their um, instrumentality project. They also have uh, these nine. These nine uh, self-guided Ava units that are sort of somewhere between Angel and Ava because they well, are mass-produced Avas, but they have the blood of uh, the Angel Kaoru in them, and they're they're well. Blood. And we, we kept hearing throughout the series that like because like when Unit Four comes or Unit Two, like that these other five nations that are in an alliance with Japan have these other Avas that we don't see. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, Asuka is, you know, technically German and speaks German at parts of the show. Um, there are other, you know, there are other uh, uh, committees uh, happening to mass produce AVAs. Because there was a different and, one that they were making them right and it blew up. And so then they got, I can't remember what country it was supposed to be, but then they got kind of freaked out. So then I thought they that was, yeah, that's when they sent four. Three, oh, four yeah. 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 And um, obviously uh avas can uh the early there are a lot of early experiments that are shown in this where there's just like a bunch of fucking dead avas and what you find out in the course of the late late show is that avas are just large humans um they're they're large adult sons uh to lilith and they essentially are um armor-plated large humans that can regenerate and perform battles but they kind of need a soul to function they need a bonded to be a soul, and the soul that all these uh, Ava units are bonded to is some sort of angel soul of Kaoru. They perform a slaughter on Nerve headquarters, and they piece by piece take it apart in this bloody and gross sequence where the Nerve guards are basically just there to like fight counterterrorism operations, arrest people who are you know uh you know maybe espionage uh performing espionage um maybe they're to keep civilians from wandering in but tokyo 3 is essentially a military town nobody lives there except for people that work for nerve and their families yeah you don't quite realize that till later yeah tokyo 3's population is very small it's like supposed to be like a kilometer by a kilometer because it's not built on the site of tokyo 3 the way that like tokyo uh neo tokyo is in um akira like this is a tokyo they could have called it fucking anything else, but they built it on the site of, like, another city in Japan that, like, is more in the rural part of the town, and it becomes the capital of Japan for some reason. Anyways, um, so it's it's sort of just supposed to be a security force for, like, a company town, and they get slaughtered by this military insurrection, and they drop an N2 bomb, which is, like, the biggest uh, munition that you can drop that's non-nuclear, but doesn't have fallout, but it has, like, a similar effect to a nuclear bomb in terms of the, the destruction. And during this, um, they have woken up Ray, or excuse me, um, they have woken up um, Asuka uh, inside of her unit, who's having a lot of self-doubt, and... Uh, Shinji is still inert. People are trying to get him to take control of his unit. Masato personally takes control t- takes uh, control of, of uh, his fate by leaving the command center um, to go save him from some soldiers and slaughter some of the soldiers in a really badass moment. I really like that moment where she the guy is like, nothing personal, kid. And then she... Oh, yeah. 
And then she's like, nothing personal, and then blows his brains out. <laughs> yeah. That so that sick. whole rescue scene is so good. The shootouts like, the, the, in this the, are so tight and they're so brutal. All the like you do get you know, if this was a reaction to, oh, you want big action scenes, like yeah, maybe it's a little bit like, fine, here's some big action scenes, but they do the big action scenes very well. Oh yeah, one of the most brutal ones is just like down a hallway and you see one of the, you know, I'll just call it a worker because they're not really soldiers. And she's like dragging a wounded or dead body by just the arm and oh, struggling. Yeah. And you see a bunch of guys run by and then one guy at a stops and just guns them both down and then keeps running. You're just like, okay, all right. This is just well, for- systematic murdering at this point. You're like, all right, they're not really putting up much of a defense. Yeah, for a series that like on Netflix always said, you know, TVMA for smoking and nudity. <laughs> it's like, well, that's in the credits, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what the, like so every episode technically has smoking and nudity, um, but like it wasn't that brutal of a show, and like the horrific violence that you end up like there were those moments that we talked about where like you know like when Tokyo Three gets splashed with blood, I think I called it New Tokyo earlier, but like uh, you know that was like like heart wrenching and like oh wait what the fuck is this like things have taken a turn and this movie like yeah they just. You know, they just come there and just slaughter everyone that's been working in Nerf. And, like, yeah, people are carrying dead bodies and trying to survive. And it's, like, it's a sudden brutality that even in a, quote, like, mature rated anime is shocking. Yeah. And it's also characters that you've gotten to know and a facility that you've, like, come to see as the last bastion, the last bulwark against this alien invasion of angels all of a sudden be taken apart by human beings like everyone in the facility is also like like what a fucking betrayal like we we've been working so hard to keep humanity safe and we're taken down by you know the fucking military and uh yeah so everybody gets slaughtered eventually we're down to just this core and then uh asuka is out there and she has five minutes to fuck up these uh, mass-produced avas um there's nine of them and they are so scary like i love that this as the series goes on sort of like twin peaks um it gets more horror infused and it's like it's not just like oh man geez that is a big monster it's like as the series goes on the monsters get scarier in and of themselves and these things have these big dumb jaws no eyes it's sort of like whale jaws like if they had individual teeth um and then they have vul- they have vulture wings and a sword. And all- what also adds to the horror of this is that since Avas are massive living organisms, um, when Asuka stomps this fucking thing's head in, it is an explosion of blood and teeth. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so it's, good. It's dude. great. It just like when one she of so good. blasts the spikes in one of them's head, and she you know just kicks the top of one of his heads off. They're like it's it's fun. Like, cool-looking, pretty brutal violence that, again, really hasn't shown up in the show too much. Yeah, yeah, like, they've, they've had badass sequences against the angels, but it's largely, like, a hair of your, um, you know, the skinny your teeth kind of situation. Yeah. Um, like, oh, we just managed to Or people to fall out into a shadow dimension yes. or something. Yeah. They went berserk it, it, and busted out of that big sphere. You're like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like that cool episode where there's a microscopic angel that is like fucking up all their computers. It's basically oh yeah. Uh, it's basically like they found the Achilles heel heel of this particular angel. Um, it's not that they you know just like we hit it hard enough that it fell over. Um, 
It's that yeah. you need to define the weakness, otherwise, like, you're doing nothing against its AT field. This is, like, a sequence where Asuka is just tearing these fuckers apart, and it's one of the best, I think, like, kaiju sequences ever committed to film. And it, this is someone who, like, I'm not, like, an expert on mecha or kaiju in general, but, like, in the past year, I've tried to enlighten myself a lot more, and I've watched a ton of Gundam in particular, and, and some other shows I've, like, been popping around. I'm like, what's the best season of, of this particular show? And, like, nothing kind of touches the, like, sheer raw brutality of this i saw nothing in gundam that was as badass and directly just directly impactful as this fight sequence well and each one of them has these cool double double-sided swords and like even without those i mean those still get enough like screen time and you know play with them most of it is just asuka just ripping them apart it's just fun to see especially because it's you know you you know that it's ending there's no way that she's gonna beat them all it's just not how it's gonna shake out there's there's too much time left in the movie so like she's doing it and she seems to get it all done within the time limit and you're like oh okay oh like there's that there's that brief moment of hope where it's not like oh you know she killed five of them and there's still a couple left or whatever it is it's like oh she got them all right and then you're like oh yeah oh wait oh yeah well the part where she dies was like probably even the first part of this movie where i was like oh my god like this is this is graphic, yeah. Like you know, like because uh, they the spear of Longinus comes back and impales her, and like the guts and the you know, and the and the way that only like animated, gross, fleshy monstrosities can show. Like she's like impaled with her head partially, like you know, like neck ripped out of her spine. It's it's tough to describe because it's like a. Um, it is like a type of violence that is like literally only could exist in your imagination. Well, there's that. And I, I do love the imagery of once she's impaled and uh, the spear's also into the ground. So she's like half leaned, half like whatever. And I love that then they still give her the, oh, she's going to, or do they beat her up some more? Well, then they all take take flight. And then I like that she still tries to go berserk. And like up until that point, that was always the oh, you're fully synchronized, oh, you can do anything, oh, whatever, and she, like, goes berserk and then just gets ripped apart like like ripped vultures, spear, just yeah. like, oh. Oh, no, is that when they rain them down? Whatever, whichever one it is. Yeah, it's, they it's rain it down, brutal. and then she's, like, she's, like, kneeling up, looking at the sky crucified on the Yes, spear. yeah, you're right, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. Uh, and, then it, and then that ends with to be continued in a bunch of credits play. And I'm like, oh, thank, thank you, movie. Oh, it's incredibly episode weird. 25 asterisk. It's yeah. incredibly weird. I, I I imagine I I couldn't quite figure out what the what uh, Anno's purpose was there, but I think it was just so that if they ever needed to, they could split it up for TV or something. I also I like know. that like the credits are all like twirly dirly. They're very interesting and specific looking credits. Like it's like a little fun. Whereas like I'm just gonna skip past this now. I guess I yeah, I like the idea though that like someone probably watching was like, oh my god, this is how it ends. <laughs> And there's 40 minutes of credits. Bullshit. <laughs> well, and I like. I mean, not, a lot, it takes a lot of people to draw all this anime. Not, not skip. I'm not gonna actually like go right to the end, but I do like that the actual end of the movie, at least whatever is on Netflix, it literally goes up until the very last second. Like, there's no end credits. Yeah, so you're no, like, no. Oh, no, you've no, already made there. us there's, watch the there's credits. Middle, there's cl- in the middle of the movie. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, this is the this is the best end credit scene 
in all history. Like, say what you will about the end of Incredible Hulk, where Robert Downey Jr. is like the Avengers Initiative. I definitely think the end credits of, of End of Evangelion. You is have to sit through because it's in the middle you of the movie. Gotta sit through it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a like good a, chunk there, of the movie. Is that there's a Money Python movie that does it as a joke? Um, is it? Is it? Uh, it's not me. Oh uh, no, Holy, Holy Grail, Grail does it early. But it's not. Yeah. It's not the end credits. It's like they keep stopping the credits because they keep getting too silly. The beginning credits. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Now I'm remembering um, that movie ends with no credits because the cops arrest everyone and then it goes <laughs> to weird circus music for one minute. <laughs> Yeah, this battle, the, similar to, uh, you know, the, the themes that we've been talking about, um, the point of this battle is not so much can she win. Um, the point of this battle ends up being, like, can't she only sees value in herself if she is good at piloting Ava's. So does she feel like through this battle she served her purpose by killing all these fuckers and she's just savagely taking them apart? One of the things I really like about the Rebirth series, just a side note there, is that she uh, there's a lot of sequences of Asuka going fucking hog wild on enemy units. Um, it's pretty, pretty rad. Um, but yeah, this sequence ends with her um, being devoured in a horrific, terrifying sequence um, that's really... It's just disgusting body horror because these Ava, you realize the, the sheer girth of these Ava units. Like a, a small intestine could crush your house. Blaine was um, also like, previously it'd be, you know, uh, Ava gets, oh, an arm chopped off or whatever. And it, it cuts to the pilot and they're kind of grabbing their arm. You're like, all right, whatever. This was one of the few times where it's like the Ava is just getting, uh, I mean, just ground beef, just bits and like eyeballs popping out and stuff. You're like, oh, okay. All right. Sinews yeah. and tendons and neck veins you didn't uh, know existed getting just ripped apart and that's what you know the first thing shinji gets to see too once he actually gets up there too you're just like oh this is just oh this is gonna be good for him. a pulp a pulp pulped up eva yeah so uh this is like the part of the movie where the, the where ano is truly showing his hand about 40 minutes in he's saying hey here are all the battles and all the grossness you wanted to see um there's some kisses there's some, there's some, uh, you know, fan service kisses that you wanted that, right? It doesn't feel creepy at all to you. Um, so, uh, you know, he's, he's like ready to, he, he's, you know, I just gave you everything you wanted. Big robot battles. Oh yeah. At the end of the robot battle, um, <laughs> one of your favorite fan characters that you lust after, uh, has been blinded in one eye and is mad with, with impotent rage <laughs> and, and she's being fucking destroyed in a truly tragic way like did you get what you wanted out of this movie i read i read it i just i was wanted to talk about this earlier but i read a, a thing that was just like what it was like to be in a theater in 1997 for this because people were like oh probably An gonna masks. finally do Anno's gonna do better <laughs> by us he's gonna he's he's gonna fix his mistakes and then people walk into the theater and he's like, people were rooting and cheering. And then uh, pretty much from the moment that Shinji masturbated until like, you know, the battle started kicking in, people were quiet. And then as soon as, uh, as soon as uh, Asuka, you know, loses her battle and the five minute timer is up on her battery, uh, <laughs> she said the audience was mostly just fucking in quiet and they were, <laughs> they basically started bringing in because it was such a hotly anticipated movie because 
Evangelion became had become like a cultural event at that point, and the marketing buzz was huge. Like they they were selling Ray watches. Um, they this breaks constantly. They were bringing in <laughs> the new audience for like the nine o'clock showing or whatever during the seven thirty showing or whatever, and they were bringing them in like right at, as the credits were ending, and people were just sitting there, you know, like not even real credits at the end of it. They were sitting there in yeah. stunned silence, like, what the fuck did I just see? And people just processed out in pure quiet. People went to their went out to the lobby in pure quiet. Like nobody was pissed and reacting that way. People were just like traumatized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I how do you describe like so the last 30 minutes of this movie, Peter, like Shinji merges with Ray slash I'll do it really quickly. Ray yeah, yeah, merges you, with go, Adam. Do your best. Yeah. Um, Ray takes Adam, which at this point is like a suitcase, into her her power. Uh, Ray is a, a part of the soul of Shinji's mother. Uh, Ray unites with uh, Unit One's goal of um, uh, providing Shinji the choice uh, to make. Mm-hmm. Ray uh, kills Gendo, or at least takes Gendo's arm hand at this point. Um, Ray then joins with Lilith and has uh, now this power. The Adam is within her power, and Adam is overpowering uh, Lilith and joining into one sort of cosmic consciousness. By the way, Lilith is so fucking cool looking. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, like, mutilated Cronenbergian purely pale figure with this fucked up, like, postmodernist mask on with like a, a odd number of eyes yeah it's got a lot of like uh the the kind of uh i watched it again this summer but i forget the name like the the main kind of monster and spirited it away oh no like, a, like a yokai kind of thing yeah yokai? i do like that yeah. where it's got like a more of like a doughy squish of even when it's pulling off the nails and like the mask is falling off i like i like the drippiness yeah. of it all yeah, it has a it has like sort of a thing that's reminiscent of the, the the tang, the goop of humanity, except for it's pure pure white. It uh, uncrucifies itself, and because uh, Ray Dash Yui has taken over the because con- Ray is Yui has taken over the consciousness of um, Lilith as the. Um, in the cosmos, uh, Unido One is in the middle of a occult ritual being performed by Seal. That's another thing that attracts me to this. It's like it's got cosmic, cosmic horror stuff, but also it's got like all these guys performing these strange occult rituals involving like circles. The it takes over the power of O One. It completely disregards the the you know the angels uh, or takes them under his control. Um, the mass produced Avas, I should say, not angels. Um, and, uh, Lilith dash, uh, Yui, um, so I should guess just say Yui with Lilith's power, uh, offers, uh, him the choice, offers Shinji the choice at this point, and is a massive, like, world-ending, uh, pale ghost figure, sort of a, uh, like a Cortana, but times a zillion, um, and, uh, offers him the choice and he experiences some sense of growth uh and then he uh rejects it uh thus shattering lilith dash yui um he's sort of rejecting his mother uh figure and forging into a new future but his new future that he chooses for himself 
is not to be part of this this uh, this uh, this mass consciousness. Uh, he wants to be separate from it. And you don't know at the end of the movie if there are other people on the Earth that like elected to not be part of the mass consciousness, or if it's literally just him and Asuka. I'm inclined to believe there's other people on the planet that rejected the mass consciousness, like anybody that didn't fe- didn't feel so prepared. interesting. I got because, the like, sense. So I got the choose- sense that. By, that by rejecting the mass consciousness because it was his choice, he basically subjected the world to uh, the the non-human instrumentation. Like he stopped it for everyone. That's like when uh, so when Ray, the Ray God, Lilith being starts falling apart. Like sh- and all the other like uh, Avas who have now turned into like baby Avas and made the creator of bayonetta go i got some notes i got some <laughs> ideas <laughs> we got some great ideas for future games but like yui and ray were in a closet making babies and i saw one of the babies and the babies <laughs> looked at me yeah i mean i got the sense that literally by by shinji kind of rejecting which you can almost like i said if you i know this could be a separate path but you can almost take like when everyone tells him congratulations he he like as right right after it cuts away he's like no thank you no congratulations sir and uh everyone starts to fall apart that i think he kind of ruins it for everyone and because of proximity or and they're uh being encapsulated by the avas that like him and asaka end up like sort of surviving on a barren world where nothing exists anymore and it's just those two and all shinji has left is to go is to like focus all of his rage and loneliness and horniness and pain into trying to kill her and he can't even do that with with everyone in the world gone yeah i yeah. think i kind of took it similar to aaron where i mean not not even necessarily that i thought it was like shinji made a decision and then part of that was not even necessarily being able to make a decision so if he wanted to he could have yeah. brought everybody back but his indecision his, his indecisiveness yep. ended up with kind of just him and possibly whether he realized it or not he brought asuka back i yep. I even took it as it wasn't even up to her it was he kind of brought yeah, her he back ruined it for everyone without like his realizing or yeah. necessarily purposely wanting to and that's I again ever- that's why Alton is like angry and rage and just like Arr. and then of course you get the the same Adam and Lilith thing again it's it's one 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 man one woman yeah I'm amenable to the idea yeah I, I I that particular imagery totally makes sense to me I'm amenable to the idea that they're the only two people left on the planet and that this is like a sort of like these two people are so fucking broken that they're kind of like yeah they're kind of like meant for each other in a in an ironic way. Uh, the piece that I absolutely believe is that, like, I do believe that, like, all of, all of man is joined into, like, the LCL soup, and that they're all, um, they're all, like, in some sort of mass consciousness. Like, I think the human instrumentality did happen, it's just that Shinji is like, nah, I'm, I'm too fucked up for this. Um, yeah. why Asuka wasn't included, maybe she was held off, uh, because she was occupied in the thoughts of of him during this time, and he didn't know how to decide her fate. Maybe the he has it before he chokes her at the end on the beach. He has a, a moment of considering choking her in his dreams, and like perhaps even that moment, his his sort of waking dream of him determining what to do with human instrumentality. Maybe even in that moment, a a a, a sort of like choice he didn't realize he was making was that it was going to end up with just those two at the end yeah so i guess i i i thought part of it though is like so 
it's it's him and Asuka that's in in, in Ava's. So like that that insulated them when everything else fe- that's, fell apart. That's also like a very like literal interpretation that makes like factual sense. Like that I totally I, I that also may be the reason that she's alive. That that makes but total al- sense. But also I like I can't imagine like I do agree with you Peter that like human instrumentality happened, but if it was just Shinji like saying no thank you i'm not going to be a part of this i don't understand why like you see the earth start erupting in like the fire and um and turning red and like everyone starting to like fall apart and disintegrate like their, yeah their body part like it seems like i i i ryan i think your point is right like he didn't even really like have a chance to it's not like he said yes or no he just was still preoccupied with all the same bullshit which i think adds a layer of like extra like sadness to the whole affair is like this idea that human instrumentality was supposed to fix this missing piece of humanity when shinji shinji was so broken that when confronted with the choice he didn't even really like yeah he didn't decide one way or the other he was still focused on the same like horniness we see the thoughts of like you know the three of them that's a flashback to the show uh the three women in his life like alternating wanting him and then eventually like yeah choking the suka and stuff like that it's like this idea of like this this like great rapture of of human uh an evolution of human consciousness into one being like didn't even penetrate this broken uh boy's like mental process to get out of it for a second and then eventually it's like oh you never made a choice and now everything's falling apart yeah i think i think no matter where you land on the literalism of the ending like like uh, is are they on the literal planet earth and and can they survive all this the the idea is still the same at the end the emotional truth is still the same at the end the literal truth we can we could fuck around with for quite a while, but uh, the emotional truth is still at the end. It is the same as that by rejecting growth, they're back in this cycle of yeah. uh, uh, of, of Shinji in this misogynistic sort of struggle with women and struggle with parentage. And that like Masato is sort of both a mother because she adopts him, but also like a sexual figure that he's attracted to. Ray is also because Ray is a blank person that represent that is a clone of his mother but possibly doesn't have any of her soul uh she is also a mother dash sexual figure because he sexually yearns for her but he um well it it fits with the it does fit with the adam and eve motif right like the idea that like you know ryan like you said like they're they're the two at the end like adam and eve and one of the things, like, of all of us who was raised on on Catholicism and probably the story of Genesis, like, the one of the first, you know, things of, like, well, this is bullshit, I remember thinking as a kid, is, like, Adam made a choice that fucked up everything for everyone, right? Like, no, he, no. Adam and Eve together did that, and then, like, we all have to face the, face the consequences, and I think that's very much, like, whether it's, yeah, literal or spiritual that, like, all that was put into Shinji, and he, uh, you know, him, him, and uh, Asuka, and they did. They did not pass whatever test was in place to to bring to bring this like perfect paradise for humanity. I agree with you, but there is like uh, I do think that this is wrangling with biblical text in just like one sense, which is that Adam and Eve 
uh, is often interpreted uh, in a misogynistic way, which is that like Adam was doing just fine and then Eve came along and then she brought the fruit from the snake and then Adam and then everything got fucked up. They got booted out of the garden. They got yeeted to use a modern parlance. Um, And then uh, Lilith is like a demonic figure. Um, She's a quote unquote primordial she demon which is like my god if your wikipedia page has the term primordial she demon in it like you fucking made it like you go oh yeah you go lilith you rule the idea in in lilith is um that she was sort of a, a temptress figure for adam post garden of eden and that she was another woman to try and draw adam off of his path the, the show is sort of taking these, like, biblical images and very often doing nothing with it, but I, I can't help but feel like the fact that it wasn't Adam and Eve to kick off the human race, it was Adam and Lilith, and the fact that, like, the show ends with Shinji as a misogynistic who blames women for all of his issues because his mom died when he was young and his dad was a non-existent father and he's turning into his father a... Uh, sullen recluse who can only like his father at least has the work uh he has shinji has nothing uh shinji has tracks 25 and 26 on his his uh M- like uh whatever cd player mp3 player walkman thing um and uh i know can MP3 we make shirts that say sorry can we make shirts that say adam and lilith not adam and steve <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> just make everyone a little mad i, don't um, know. <laughs> I just everyone just like a little co- too confused <laughs> no, like, yeah just be like yeah, I no I, I have i have nothing against uh non-heterosexual people i'm just saying there there was no steve <laughs> at any point in neon genesis evangelion <laughs> I, I uh, there's a Stephen Resident Evil Code Veronica, but there's not one in Evangelion. I'm sorry. Yeah. I do like that. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it'd make anybody mad. It would just make both sides confused. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh Adam man, you want to you want to sort me into into a box? You can't do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just generally confusing as a person. <laughs> I, I I think that the 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 thing that uh the the core series kind of fails at is sometimes it finds a nobility in Shinji's sort of like self-loathing depression and uh what the what what the power of the end of Evangelion ending is for me is that uh, it utterly re- it, it pit and the beginning of the film is that it utterly and pitifully rejects yeah shinji as a character to to um have uh you know full sympathy or empathy for like you can have sympathy for him for being in a shitty place and for being surrounded by horrible figures and for having bad moral figures but like he owns his actions the 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 difficult thing for me at this point as we head towards the end is that i do think that there's a little bit of theming in here that could be easily interpreted and i don't know if it's the intention i do not speak japanese that depression is a choice and that like shinji is choosing to be depressed as opposed to it being a mental illness and that 
that I don't think the original series has as much because the original series is like, no matter what Shinji's level of fucked upness, the human instrumentality project finds a way to ther- therapeutically guide his soul through his pain to bring him to the other side. Like, I, I feel like almost end, end of Evangelion for being what I consider like the superior ending in terms of like um, my emotional catharsis, like what I needed for the series. Uh, it it does lean into like by giving it to be such a Shinji choice and using the term choice, it does sort of imply that depression is a choice. I get- see, see, I actually disagree with that um, because my whole point in how I think it ends is that like he Shinji is given a choice. Like other people give Shinji a choice. Shinji is so unable to break out of everything that no, like, Ryan said it perfectly, like, he never even makes a choice and a timer runs out somewhere, like, you know. And the other thing... There, to literalize it. The other reason why I think that that ends up... And granted, I, I still think that if it's commentary on depression specifically, because obviously, it, as they're, like Anna was saying, that Shinji was clearly, like, a, a working out his own depression at the time, or, you know, what he didn't even know was depression, um, was indecisiveness or not even making your own decisions making letting everybody else because there's that whole sandbox scene where he's like it's like the cello and that is a callback to when he's talking with um asuka and he's like i play the cello and she's like i didn't even know that he goes yeah i you know i started playing and she's like why do you keep playing because nobody told me to stop and she's just like you idiot where it's like even even stopping something he needs he needs somebody to say, "Hey, you don't have to play the cello anymore." Hey, hey, yeah, you don't have to practice I, anymore. Like he needs he needs everybody else to make every decision for him, and that is eventually why it comes down to it. They're not going to decide goo versus this or that. It's completely up to him, and so he just kind of leaves him in this in between place. Yeah, I think if anything, you could almost say, and I, I don't think it's necessarily saying this, but I actually think it's it's saying depression or whatever is so much not a choice that even like the elevation of humanity to a melded higher consciousness like, like can't like this whole like even he's with still everything stuck on the line and all the power yeah he's still hands. he's still stuck in it you can't you can't jump start just based on like okay well now we need you to break out of this and do this thing and it's like sorry it doesn't it doesn't work like that i think i think if you were gonna lobby a criticism that you could follow a thread that i i don't think exists but i think you could like I think terrible people can make a thread that like uh, if you have depression, you like literally not not even X can break you out of it. And so I don't want it to like turn into like a weird lights out thing, a, a movie that both Peter and I hate, which is like, yeah, if you're uh, if you're, you know, if you're feeling if you if you have suffer from depression that's affecting your family, probably would be better to kill yourself. Lights out was great um, as that YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, it's, really, it's, really saying it was a YouTube video. Yeah, uh, but like I think, but I actually think it's doubling down on how much it's, it's, it's not a choice. I think I like where that. it gets messy, it's, it's me- where it gets kind of messy and sticky for me is just a little bit. Is that like? I hope it doesn't uh, get a certain kind of sticky. <laughs> I mean, it starts sticky. It doesn't get unsticky, Peter. You can't wash your hands. You can only wash your hands so many times. There's, there's a lot. Like, yes, Shinji is at the end of it, he's misogynist and he can't pull, like he's influenced all these things. Like, you know, there is a little bit about like, he's also like, it's not like 
not saying 15 year olds aren't responsible for their own actions, but there is a little bit of like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I actually think like a, most of my problems with the series could be solved with making them just out of college in 19. I, I don't have that many problems with it, but it, it is like this weird like, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of saying like you're you, there's an element of hopelessness and what a misogynist prick. It's like, yeah, well, he's a child who's been raised by misogynists. Like, s- s- you have to give him time to get out of that, hopefully. Yeah. In, like, even the it, real world. his dad, who he didn't know was dating his girlfriend, treats his girlfriend like shit. How do you think he treats everybody else around him? <laughs> like, yeah, you can. I mean, you it, there is a lot of 13, 14, 15 year olds that like reject their parents, like institutionalized, like racism and misogyny and you know homophobia and everything else but like it's just a lot to expect of a, of of, <laughs> of a kid which also may be what the the series is saying a little bit too like but i i think it's more like i i for some reason i just don't think the series sees him as a 15 year old really i, don't know, I think i think that that's probably true and i don't i i'm 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 it feels a little bit like Anno being like, sometimes I feel like I'm a 15-year-old kid. <laughs> you're not, lo- you're yeah. not contending this. I think, well, you're contending that the show possibly considers this. You're not contending anything about his ability to consent. Um, it does <laughs> remind me, it does remind me a little bit of like when we were talking about Midsummer, and we were like, she's, the, the woman that's being offered to Christian is the legal age of consent in that particular country, but that doesn't may, mean it's ethical. Like, this is one of those things in that similar sense where it's like, it doesn't matter if, like, in Japan they consider 16-year-olds to be of legal consent. Because he's 16 or 17 at this point. It's 2016 when the show takes place. He was born before the impact so he's 16 or 17 like his actual age of consent doesn't matter because he is a he has he's a fucking child like he, he it's it's all it's all gone but the show you're right like the show kind of plays with this idea that he's like because of all he's been through he's like able to make the, the decisions of an adult because he is already made like everybody has forced him into adulthood like it, it's sort yeah. of like that old idea, like oh, you in America, you can, you can uh, shoot an Iraqi before you can, or you can shoot a Viet Cong before you can vote, or, or not before you can vote. You can shoot a Viet Cong before you can drink or, or rent a car, uh, or even like you a, left a boy, you came back a man. Like I get that war changes a person, but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't automatically fill in those blocks of becoming an adult, a rational, functioning adult. In fact. It probably makes you worse off if you're a 14 year old thrust with a bunch of responsibility and, you know, PTSD inducing situations and whatnot. You're like, I'm sure he wouldn't be a normally functioning person. I I both love and hate that I'm coming to this realization now so late in the recording after thinking about the show for so long that like that that is it. Like Masato's view on, on Shinji is not that Shinji is a child. Masato's view the entire show is grow the fuck up, Shinji. You're literally yeah. piloting robots to fight off an alien invasion. And if you don't do this, every single human being on the planet will die. Yeah. And Masato is not pro-human instrumentality. She has proven time and time again she doesn't want this to happen. As soon as she understands that something fucked up is happening beneath the, the in um, Terminal Dogma, she's like, 
nah, not like that's that's I, I don't want any part of that. Just make sure no fucking angels get down there and make sure nobody takes Ava 01 from you. And and I hate that I'm this I mean hate it and I love that I'm coming this late into this understanding. I'm like, oh, part of the Masato math is that Masato doesn't consider him a child. Masato considers him like a war child that has become an adult now. I mean, I would say yes and no. I mean, I definitely agree with that overall, especially because it's just like, yeah, you have adult responsibilities, if not like the most adult responsibilities. Eventually, she's going to start seeing him as an adult. Also, he's, his life is always on the line, so I'm sure she's just like, doesn't everybody just want a woman and you're, you're, you could possibly die whenever, don't you want a woman, like that kind of stuff. But just on the flip side of that, in that first episode, literally, like, that, that is a boy. That is a boy off of the train or whatever. And she she's the one who brings up the joke to, uh, I think she's on the phone with Ritsuko or something like that. And she's like, you know, it's not gonna, it's not like I'm going to do anything with him. He's a boy. And, like, her reaction is like, yeah, why were you even joking about that? I didn't think that you were going to do anything with that child. And she's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's why I said that. And you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Seems like that's a weird thing to bring up and then get really defensive about. It, which also, like, you know, Peter, like, when you're talking about, like, he, here he's, like, gripped onto all this misogyny, and he's, like, there, there, I, I, the one thing I can't quite wrap my head around is whether you're supposed to go at the end of it, like, you know, to, to feel, I mean, I understand, like, that idea of, like, you're stuck in this depression, he's been, all these influences have hurt him, but, like, whether you're supposed to go, the world failed shinji or shinji failed the world like how much how much of his behavior his attitudes towards women how much stuff can you put on what is still a child and how much do you have to put that on the 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 forces that shaped him like societally like we do have a line you know and it, you're you're 100 right it changes by culture right like we theoretically have a line in this country even though a lot of you know <laughs> A lot of children are tried by adults whenever it's convenient, but like uh, are politically convenient. Uh, We have a line that basically says, you know, like at some point you're only somewhat responsible for your actions. And then after this, you know, arbitrary line, you're completely responsible for your actions. So like the thing I can't quite get my head around, because I do think that like at no point are they like, hey, Misako is a rapist. Like the, the the I don't think the show's presenting it. The show's presenting it as like the age difference is weird, which is why. And again, maybe this, like I said, maybe this might be my own thing of just like what I understand of like the difference between at least and an, it's an arbitrary difference. But I know the difference between a child and an adult from my perspective is not fourteen to you know fourteen years old. So maybe if it's nineteen, some of this stuff like fits a little bit better while still being like. Yeah, a 19 and your 29-year-old boss mom figure still has a lot of the ickiness that I think he was going to without going like, oh, is she kind of a pedophile? Yeah, that's true. And, like, uh, this is not, this is not like, canon to this or whatever, but it does kind of hint at where Anno's head was at. Like, he wasn't intending for this to be a coming-of-age story. It was intending for this to be a story about children who were stuck in impossible circumstances. And one of the reasons I know that is it's canon in the four Rebirth movies that all of the kids grow slower because they were in the um the the plugs um oh, interesting. being emerged in lcl makes it kind of stunts your growth and kind of makes you 
I don't know if it's in if it's indefinite, but uh, the, sh the movie never really clarifies that. But it's one way that they solve the problem of the Rebirth movies are across a much larger timeline, and they uh, uh, don't allow their characters that are uh, Ava pilots to grow up ever. Well, and it's also Nano specifically wanted children in the units. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, clearly, because that's, I mean, they have a whole school with the idea that only children, for some reason, can, can pilot Ava's even in this. Like, I'm fine, like, if you're looking at the, like, holistic thing of, like, society has failed children. Like, that, that does fit with me. Um, and it, it does make it messy, like, if we're just talking about, like, not necessarily blame for like the depression or the inaction or even in the the destruction of the world but like blame for his kind of general hatefulness um which i do think is an important dividing line like a lot of people you know would say like having uh depression or having like uh you know neuro or non-neurotypical behavior doesn't excuse doesn't excuse like destructive behaviors like it does it doesn't necessarily excuse like bad behaviors that 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 line to figure out where you should fall gets harder when it's a, a child versus an adult and this this definitely blurs the line of where all that stuff fits oh yeah for sure and but i mean like i think at the end of the day it's i mean the whole series is broken people leading and running Broken yeah. people raising broken people in a tragic world. Yeah, so a, on, cycle, a cycle of violence. On, on top of depression. You know, I guess 19, not that 1995 was that much of a different time, but like also culture, all those, all those different things. I think I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, where it's like if you aged up, if you, if you did a re a refresh somehow and aged him up to 1819, it would get the creepiness away, but still feel icky of a of a mother leader figure who's got a deck yeah. on you like you'd still get all of those themes that you need but then of course yeah you do like the the overall child pilot innocent type stuff so yeah i get i get the for the romantic weird sexual stuff i think that it works but well for the masato stuff specifically but then you kind of also lose the not even that it's got to be coming of age i think that some of his like wild confusion both of social situations what's going on internally his own sexuality all that stuff the the misogyny too because like you, works it's, for, it's that yeah it is a spectrum right like when you when a seven-year-old boy on a playground says girls suck yes you're not like what what a misogynist right and but at, but if a 27 year old even if they were raised with parents who like taught them that girls were like the lesser sex at like we we don't give those people the benefit of the doubt we're like sure you're you're a misogynist i'm sorry you were raised by a misogynist you're also 27 years old if you haven't figured it out i'm comfortable labeling you that and i also think right? that like, that 13 to 15 16 whatever range yeah does it, make it, sense it, for that anger towards when i mean beyond the his raise and his parents that kind of stuff but if like yeah. just the general ease into that those feelings of either misogyny or just general anger towards yeah you know, the opposite sex because. Yeah. I mean, this was a little bit of a derailment, but I do think like what the, sh how the show views Shinji as like a young adult who's coming to grips in a, in a world or a child who's been fully let down by uh, parents and institutional and parental figures and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think that where the f show uh, falls on that, Divide is an interesting thing to talk about, but I also get that this is probably derailed it a little. No, I, no, no I, Aaron, I, I, 
Yeah, I'm with both of you on this, and in particular, I, I'm I'm liking both. I'm liking the idea that Shinji is like a creature of his environment, and I haven't chewed on that quite enough while I've been looking at all this. I've just been sh- viewing Shin. I've been in my own way viewing Shinji as just sort of like an adult, like because one of the ways I view adulthood is when you can no longer lean your your sins on your parents. Yeah. You have had the idea of adulthood for me is you've had enough time to develop and rebel. Um, you know, you have had enough time to have, like I was talking about the beginning, you've had your birth, which was, you know, your sort of mother purpose. Um, you've had your, you're supposed to have a sort of death of, of self, a self at some point. Yeah. Uh, and you're supposed to be reborn into a new self, which is your growth. Um, you should, ideally, if you're a good person, you should be cringing at things that you've done in the past. Um, You've been exposed to enough people that have been like, hey, I know your mom said that uh, (laughs) it's fine for women to not vote, but the rest of us are out here voting. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, you you in particular, I know I teased earlier in the episode, but like you in particular, I think uh, can can agree with this. Like we're we're not our parents. um, And that's like one of the greatest uh, triumphs uh, that you can you can make is is to the ability to kill um what your intended purpose was and discover who your you think your purpose is and particularly like with shinji it it it, it's sort of like a reap what you sow situation yeah um that like wow yeah i mean you just kept forcing him into this robot you kept forcing him into this position of authority you kept forcing him forcing him forcing him and then when the moment came for him to decide the biggest choice in the entire fucking world the entire history of humankind yeah, he made kind of a fucked up choice and he continued to make fucked up choices because he gave him a fucked up life. And Gendo yeah. Gendo gets shamed in the end yeah. for being a shitty parent and being like, well, I kind of suck, so I didn't want to be near my kid. Like, oh yeah, like every fucking deadbeat dad has said since the history of time. Like, yeah. fuck, fuck you, dude. Like, you deserve <laughs> to get your head fucking chomped off. And this Get your service, head chomped, dude. Yeah, get chomped. And I, I think that this also connects with like, yes, the cosmic horror elements very much connect with me. And I love the idea that, like, the Adam and Lilith and all those terms, those are just sort of, like, what we, through our mythology and such, have just connected with them. Like, I like the idea that no angels call themselves angels and Adam doesn't call himself Adam. Lilith doesn't call herself Lilith. We just have, like, terminology and mythology that, 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 that um, or even code words that Seal are using um that had just been carried on and you know angels why would angels speak english or japanese for that matter um like these are just sort of terminologies we've used and these are alien creatures with kind of unknowable unknowable morals and it takes the soul of yui to like give that power over to to shinji um and that cosmic horror sort of touch combined with um like my uh loss of faith throughout my life um and and becoming an atheist and like one of my core beliefs is that like atheist christian buddhist whatever you've got you have to find your own purpose in life like you have to set your own your own goals for growth and who you want to become and who you who you want to be and i don't mean that in a capitalist sense like someday i want to have a lake house on 
uh, on Malta, and I want to have, uh, or not lake house, but like, you know, I want to have a beach house on Malta, and I want to have a lake house in Lake Como in Italy, and I want to uh, have a billion dollars and fly to the moon. Like, not those goals. I mean, like your personal goals. Like, what do you want out of your life? Do you want to live your life with this sort of partner? Do you want, what are your, how much do you want to work in your life? Like, just the basic questions you have to figure out to, like, survive day to day. And... Uh, cutting your own path and Shinji is at an age where he's just been so fucking forced down a path that he's had no opportunity to organically grow and he's been given no sort of nurturing soil no compost to really like help him grow on his own so he's just sort of stuck in this arrested development awful horrific stasis and no fucking shit he made a terrible choice he's gonna make a, making terrible choices until he's literally the last person on planet earth and then beyond there and while this show does have cool fucking robots and cool fucking monsters and vicious battles between them ultimately the reason this connects with me and i think connects with a lot of people is because it's about the purpose that you were intended with and the purpose that you choose in life um and while you get to sort of explore those ideas and you get to explore the 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 um, sort of higher level critical thinking concept of what if a cool robot happened <laughs> you get both of them in this show and that's what i love and rebirth is kind of trying to marry those elements together in a more organic fashion but i kind of love the rough brutal honesty of the original series plus end of evangelion that's that's what what i like is that like it fucks up, I think, in certain language it uses. Some of the ways that it, it discusses Shinji is, like, a little bit reductive or repeats itself, like, in both the series and the movie. But where I'm at right now is that, like, I, I, I kind of love the fact that it's taking me on this, like, brutish journey through his psyche because that's what the movie is. Like, that's what the show is. The show is... <laughs> Like, oh, a bit of adventure. Oh, but at the end of the day, I still killed an angel and I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. But everyone's being nice to me now that I killed that angel. So it's a little bit happy and sprightly. And then he starts to get towards closer and closer to the Kaoru arc. And then he just has a complete fucking meltdown and turns into a puddle. No, and I love it. I, I love the the adventure through his psyche, like you were saying. And at the end of the day, it ends up being like, well, why? Why do you pilot? Why do you do these things? Who are you really? Um, and, and even with him, the simplest form that he can even get to is just like, well, to get praise from the people I like, particularly my father or the people who I want praise from, I guess, because eventually it becomes the others around him. Um, but I agree. I mean, I think that that's the majority of what they were going for. And although that it was met with initial backlash, whatever, I think that that's why the original episodes 25, 26 still work so well is because the show itself was such a close look at the psyche of, of of Shinji specifically, but it did also do had plenty of time tooling around with like Asuka, Masato, even like broken other characters like Gendo and Rutsuko, where like it's just fascinating to see various levels of success that people are still torturing themselves for things that sometimes are totally out of their hands or the things that they should be focused on, like Gendo should be focusing on his son versus, you know, trying to bring on Goo, Goo Town. Um, a Goo I, York City. And I mean, I think that that's why... Goo York! And that's why I think this show actually, like, 
holds up. That's why when it, we were talking to Aaron, it's like, no, go like check out the show. It's definitely worth watching. I mean, even even when we were talking about it, it's like, all oh, this sounds like nonsense. I mean, if you went into the show and you just wanted like a pretty good robot show, a pretty good mech mech fighting some kaiju type show, I think you'd still walk away pretty happy. I mean, I would say if that's what you're looking for, you could probably not watch 25, 26 and just watch End instead. But yeah, but like, I think you'd still walk away being like, that was a good show. But if you're looking for more, the show offers that and then some. It offers that on the surface, but then it offers much more when you actually start digging into it. Yeah, and there's something like, it, it's funny that this is the same month that we're doing Twin Peaks too, because obviously when when we proposed this and I was like on board with like, oh, this will be my reason. This I think we like planned this last summer and I was like, oh, good. That gives me enough time to watch Evangelion before and I've always meant to and you guys have like been like, you need to see it. I think like Twin Peaks and like some of like these shows that are more than what they seem um i think transformers are more than meets the eye (laughs) yeah but they're not more than what they seem they are just robots in disguise like there's nothing x-files is a show you know that we we also are talking about this month that i fucking love but like x-files is kind of what you expect right like it's very good at what it does for the most part but it's like it's two people in the fbi solving you know supernatural related cases and it does some cool stuff with it but like i think when like you hear twin peaks and you hear it like you know spoken about in almost like reverence hushed awes or like or like i i felt the same way about neon genesis evangelion i was like okay what like there's a part of you that's like okay so it's max battling some force and it's about a depressed there's some depression and sadness throughout it and you're kind of like well what just just picturing that it's hard to sometimes wrap your head around what makes it this this show that people talk about and what a show that where people are like uh, you know there was that uh, twitter movie poll uh, a couple years back where end of evangelion ranked very high and like the greatest of all time um movies and I remember, like, just wondering if it was, like, you know, for lack of a better term, like, those types of, like, obsessive fans who were really this show and we need to do it. Like, I like I get it now. Like, I, I was I'm fully on board. Like, I I loved the show. I love the ending of the show. Um, I, I absolutely loved this movie. Like, it's definitely a show I can see myself restarting. Uh, and I, I'm probably going to check out the kind of reboot movies or whatever you want to call them. Uh, yeah. Just because I'm interested by it. But, like, but I, I, I spoiled I, nothing, I, by the way. No, I know you did. I'm just, I was just kidding. I think I'm going to try but, and like, check those I, out for the first time as well. Yeah, I, and I know, Ryan, like, you know, here, like, here's how I felt after I was done watching this. And, yes, I know I haven't finished Cowboy Bebop. But I think this is the first uh, anime show that I've like finished all the way through or like one that's longer than a couple episodes or something. And I was like, Oh, I need to watch something else. Like, should I watch that demon slayer show that Ryan said was pretty good. And that the movie got was popular. Like, should I go back to cowboy, uh, cowboy bebop and watch that? Like I left this wanting more and it really is those last like eight or nine episodes in the movie that starts moving with like a propulsiveness in the same way that Twin Peaks, like the first season of Twin Peaks is a masterpiece and fantastic, but like where it starts going in the second season, where the movie ends up going, where the finale of the second season, where the return goes, I think is where it goes beyond like, oh, this is a great show with some weirdness and a mystery into this like fucking weirdo masterpiece 
and I the same thing is true of this. Like the first 13, 14, 15 episodes, like this is some cool weirdo conspiracy. Like that's what I was that's what I expected. Yeah, throughout. And it's and it, it, it takes a turn um in the last few episodes that only gets goes into places that I couldn't have expected. I knew based on the type of people that were uh, advocating for end of Evangelion, it was going to be a weird, arty thing. I didn't expect it to hit me so much. Like I couldn't have expected what it was, and in relation to the series, um, eventually, and like how heartbreaking it is, and how uh, you know amazing it is just to look at from like you know Peter, you mentioned the horrific elements, and like how cool all that's like it is just super cool too, and like how it takes these kind of like on the surface basic stuff and like just 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 goes to some areas that like yeah i mean again i i don't need to keep saying the same thing over and over i guess but like i get why it's like oh no you need to see neon genesis evangelion like it it makes sense like and i that's the highest praise i can give it because the way that this if 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 i didn't quite jive with it in the way that this show's spoken of it means that it could still mean that I really liked it, but I'm saying like, yeah, I I fucking love this. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that we did this month to motivate me to to finally uh, get through what is a reasonable amount of episodes and a reasonably length movie. I do like a. I know we're wrapping up. I did like that originally when we started talking. It sounded like my first watch through was very similar to yours, though, where it's like you know. I'm watching an episode. I'm watching an episode. Maybe maybe yeah. two. Okay, whatever. And then once it actually starts getting into it, all of a sudden it's like. All of all of my free time is I, I want to finish this because I'm so interested in like what what's going on, what's going to happen, yeah. what like it, it just it goes from a Gundam show to something much more, and all of a sudden it was like oh I'm I'm invested. I don't I don't just yeah. want to see big monsters get beaten up. I want to see what the it's, fuck's going on. It's part of the subversion, and and this is not like you know you kind of have to have this like pretty rad mecha show with some annoying teens in it before you realize like. Oh, I really do want Asuka to be happy and okay. <laughs> like at twenty episodes yeah. in, you're like, I really hope she makes it through this okay. Whereas at the beginning was like, shut up, shut up, you're so loud and annoying. Stop yelling at everybody. <laughs> like it, it takes time to get where where it needs to go. My my two not actual final thoughts. My two one's more of a fun fact that you guys might. It'll be like very short. Um, apparently the the end of end when he's um choking Asuka. Um, apparently Anno told the voice actor for Shinji not to play it as Shinji, but to play it as if she was Anno to like, because that is like his own frustration. And then, uh, the two voice actors got so frustrated with not being able to get the scene correctly, um, that Shinji's voice actor actually choked, uh, Asuka's voice actor and like to the point of like had to apologize multiple times, even like publicly and stuff and said like, Oh, she, she had trouble recording for like a day and a half because I got so mad and started choking her out. You're like, Holy shit. Okay. Jesus. Um, and the other part, for some reason I started laughing halfway through recording and it's a random episode. It's not one of the ones we were, but I love, I love the line for, for a show that really doesn't have too much humor in it. It was just something that caught me off guard and had me actually like, howling this 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 time through when kaji is talking and he's like just a a a character who's constantly a womanizer all that kind of stuff and and then he's standing there and he asks uh shinji's like do you want to grab some tea and shinji just looks at me goes you know i'm a boy and like i just i just like he says he's like 
you why are you asking me to do anything? You realize I'm a boy, right? But like just the way he flat out says it's like do you want to grab some tea? You know I'm a boy. I'm like, uh, why? Why would you want to just talk to me? Don't don't you better than yeah? Me? You're just all you're horny. Aren't you Don't only horny? horny? Why why are you talking yeah. to me? Don't try and fuck me, guy. I mean, horny as a personality trait does apply well to fifteen year olds. That is true. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Peter, I I think this could go this could go either way order, but I think next week is X Files. And then we're ending on Twin Peaks, although it might now be reverse order. Yeah. Either way. We'll, fl- we'll flip it around we're... so I edit this episode, because it is a doozy. <laughs> it is oh, no, I longer just longer I... than our average episode. Uh, I think this is about as average as we've been lately. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we gotta, this, look, this could have gone for two more hours. This is a fantastic... Uh, I, I, threw, so I, glad... I tore notes out of my notebook and threw them away. I was like, no. I'm not oh. talking about second impact lore. There were multiple where I just like <laughs> silently like put a line through things where I'm like, didn't talk about that and I don't want to. Don't, don't, I'm not going to mention that. I do think that the secret sequel to this, and it could be in like a year or two, this episode for us will be, we do like a Bloodborne thing, Peter, where we go back and all watch the series and do a, a Don't You Dare uh, on it. Because yeah, I mean, I thank you guys for pushing me to, to watch this and uh, easy to do. Uh, you know, one thing that we, we have a whole side cast about, like, hey, if you can't get someone to just do it out of, like, time, make it a thing for the podcast. <laughs> and they will have to get to it. Uh, but, yeah, this is great. Uh, next week will either be X-Files Flight the Future or Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Uh, both. Uh, we're doing a lot, a lot more... Um, catch up than we expected so i'm not quite sure where we're going to end and how we're going to schedule because we have guests for both that we're very excited about but yeah we'll 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 be we'll be here to talk more about uh basically two shows that existed side by side in the cultural landscape and one directly influenced the other both by way of main leading star and general way to tell a story (laughs) good night good night good night for listening to We Love to Watch. 
you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>